Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch, and anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash Toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam. Yo, yo, Liquid Death. Thank you so much for hydrating all my guests taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water. Love your brand. Love what you stand for. Love you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Welcome to the One Life on Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I got my brother from another mother to the right of me again. Derek Green's back here hanging out what's with me. What's up? What's up? Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for being here. And then across from me is a person I've known for a long time. We'll get into that too. I'm trying to figure out how we met, but... Uh, John Feldman is here. Feldy, thank you for being here. My hey, friend. hi, 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 hi. Thank you for being here. Um, thanks for coming out. When did I don't know when I met you or when I played with your band? I don't even know. That was the first question I was going to ask. Yeah, How did you yeah. guys meet each other. Yeah, I mean, it may maybe story, maybe before story of the year, Warp sure. Warp Tour. Yeah, maybe back. I don't know. I mean, Warp Tour. Yeah, Warp Tour. We did '96. We did probably seven Warp Tours. So the first one was '96, wow, and. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, but I've known you a long time. A long time. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll, we'll get to later. We might as well get to it now. But yeah, I remember getting a text or a call from you about coming to sing on a record, and you and Marina Del Rey. And I don't know where if I sang it in your back. I don't know if you had a studio there or was a room. I went. I don't remember. But I went and sang on. It, ended up being story of the year. Yeah. Pretty fucking crazy. I know that was a big record, man. But we had no idea when they asked you to sing on it. We didn't know it was going to be a big record. They used to be called <laughs> Big Blue Monkey, and we're like, "What's going to happen with Big Blue Monkey?" It's like the worst band name of all time. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They were like this kind of, <laughs> you know, fun, like a little funkier. I mean, they were always kind of like in that in that kind of metal vein, but yeah. they were definitely funkier back in the day. Wow, I didn't know that. <clears throat> and then I didn't even know then all of a sudden Ray Cap was on the same song. The song's called Falling Down, right? Yes. Yeah, so we took Shelter out for, I don't know, we probably had them out for nine months. You know, Goldfinger had them opening wow. for us for a, a, a while. I think we met them on the No Doubt Tour. That's right. And so I met Ray back then, and we just became really tight. He became my yoga instructor. and That's awesome. Um, my sex ed teacher. I mean, wow. he's, I, don't, I don't know about that, but he's like, <laughs> but he's like a, oh he's just a classic. The guy's just a classic man. And, uh, yeah. and so, yeah, we we had this kind of big collection of epic people on falling down. It was, it was so fun that day. Yeah, it was. And I, I didn't know anything about the band. And then all of a sudden I see until the day I die is fucking massive. And then fast forward to now the record's platinum. I have, I have a goal in my office, which I'm so stoked about to be part of that. But thank you for reaching out that day. I don't even know if these guys, I guess those guys heard of H2O. So I don't know how it fucking happened, but. Adam, the bass player, has a one life, one chance That's right. tattoo on his forearm. Oh, wow. It's like That's one right. life, one chance. And so he was, he really educated me on you and H2O and, and the whole kind of, you know, positive mental and all of it, you know, man. Okay. And it's like, so I was really excited to get you in the studio. I was really, really pumped. And I remember you just killed it. Thank just you, when there was like two takes, you just nailed it. It was Thank so you, fun, dude. Thank you. What year would that have been? 
Um, I mean, early 2000s, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe 2002. Okay. Would that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like... And those guys were so funny because they were like a Cirque du Soleil show. They would like do these backflips and they'd run over each other and just. Oh, do, that's right. Live. Dude. Live. Yeah, they were dude. like insane. Wow. Like just doing okay. like double, double flips. Spinning off the, the guitar and totally shit. Envious. Yeah. The whole thing. You <laughs> What'd know? you say? What? I'm totally envious. Of any <laughs> oh, with your, with your fucking leg these days. Anything, <laughs> not like, doing wow. any backflips anymore. Around. I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. They would go off like that. That's right. Yeah. They man. would go crazy. We did a, we did a, um a showcase for Maverick records at the Viper room. And it was just like, it was like guy O'Siri, the guy that had the yeah. label and two other guys from the label, me and then the band, it was like literally four of us. And they just came and they, they did a circle pit around us and just put on the show. And like for wow. the showcase, it was just, uh, it was so fucking cool, man. Damn. It was like, they just owned it. Were they on Maverick? They were on Maverick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah, Guy O'Sara, it's right. He was Madonna's manager, friend, all that, yeah. Yeah, I, I just saw him thing. on the Alanis Morissette thing. I mean, the guy's done a lot. He manages U2 now. So. I know. Yeah, he's, he's doing it. I remember it. the office used to be over here on Beverly by Swingers. Yes, On the corner. Right. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Because, fast forward for one second, we talked about it before. We did a showcase in New York, and he came to it with um, uh, Madonna's old other manager, Freddie DeMann. It was Freddie DeMann and Guy, and they were looking for like a harder kind of rock melodic type band they came to saw us play but we, we ended up getting the, our lawyer got an email saying they chose another band that was more radio friendly called Candlebox that's a true wow. story Candlebox? they were at our show at CB's these dudes <laughs> Candlebox was <laughs> no 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 Guy O'Sari and Freddie DeMay to check okay. out H2O yeah 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 and so but they, they picked Candlebox not over us but they got a band that was more radio come on Candlebox are definitely I, radio friendly I'm just telling you though but that, that was the story but I remember right. they came to our a CB show once I was like holy shit because yeah. I love Madonna growing up obviously. I don't even know if they do showcases anymore I mean no. yeah. you know I think it's more about metrics you know it's just the algorithm of how many Spotify plays you have how many Instagram follows you have and mm. TikTok followers it's just very but different isn't it like South by Southwest is that kind of like the, a showcase yeah I mean look there's still it still happens I, I'm sure it still happens it's just not the same as it used to be i mean in my yeah, experience at, rec at all these record labels they're looking at like you know how much of an audience you can build on your own yeah. you know and how much of a self-promoting person you are you know it's it's just different yeah, yeah. Know, before it used to be i mean my old band we would just plaster you know f flyers all over sunset boulevard we get wallpaper paste we'd spend all night at kinko's and just like plaster the streets and just yeah. promote super you know, diy that's how you used to do it and yeah. it's like i guess now it's easier because you've got your phone and you can just kind of make your flyer and I put know, it out there man. it's 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 easier in some ways but in other ways it's like there's so much white noise like mm -hmm. how do you it's so true but you know what's you know what's crazy that i've noticed with some of the rappers my son likes is that they'll be massive on instagram Millions of followers, millions of plays, and then they came and sell out the Palladium or something. Yeah. One of these rappers, I'll say his name, fuck it, Little Pump, he had a big tour and everything got canceled because he wasn't selling tickets, but on social media, he's massive. Right. And he had a song with Kanye, he had all these plays, Gucci, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. And my son loved him, <laughs> but like, it doesn't translate into real life, some of this stuff. I know, it's very strange. You know, yeah. I work with this one artist that was just like... I mean, what's your goal? He's like, I just want to have a, I want to have a gold album on. I want to have, you know, I want to get a billion streams on Spotify. That's his goal. I'm like, you don't want to sell out the Palladium. You don't want to sell out a tour. He's like, I don't care if I ever play a show is what he said to me. I don't care if I wow. play a show. I just want to have a certain amount of plays on Spotify. And it's like, that's his goal and get a gold record. It's like, dude, it's so different. It's dude. so different. I'm like, mm -hmm. the, what's the point if you're not singing and having everyone <laughs> singing your words back to you? 
to That's you such a magical from the audience. feeling, bro. Like playing live, man. I can't imagine not wanting to play a show live and doing music. I, I, I mean, that was the whole reason I got into music is to play live. Yeah, <laughs> it's a different. It's just a different kind of era. I mean, we're in a different era now, where people are making videos on their own in their own bedrooms and just you know promote. You know, they're really like making content, which yeah, is. I, mean, I, mean, I think it's challenging for a lot of people that are music that are more musicians than they are promoters. Yeah, you know. But you've always been an epic promoter. I mean, you're like Prime, you've got yeah. all of it. You know, yeah, the whole you. thing. So you, I mean, you understand. Yeah, it's not just about writing a song or playing the show. It's about everything. the whole everything. Yeah. It I think is. It has to be everything. I mean, well, it doesn't have to be, but I think it's. it's I'm just curious. Will it stand the test of time? You know, a lot of the stuff where it's like, oh, it's got a million streams, but no shows, never done a live concert ever. Like, I'm yeah, curious to see it in the in the future. Like, oh, I remember that song. You know, or will it be that same fondness and memories? Like, I remember that show. Yeah. Remember that show we went to? Like, you know how shows stick in your mind. Totally, like, I mean, man. it made me want to get into music seeing a live show. So yeah. I wonder if we'll, we'll ha I mean, it will definitely be a different effect on a person years from now. But it's hard to say, you know. Yeah. If that video that went viral, if they're if if collectively, if people are like this video that went viral changed my life, right. and it changed my friend's life, and right. all, yeah. I mean, yeah. will it? I don't know. I don't yeah. know either. It's a really or loving know, a song but not ever being able to see that artist perform that song live yeah. is so strange. Yeah, well, I, we, I just feel old when I talk about this shit because I'm fifties. <laughs> it's just a different time. Like it's no, yeah. no, definitely. But I always have that question. Angelo Moore from Fishbone walking on my head when I was a kid. Ooh. I mean, that was it. That yeah. was it. Fishbone, they were incredible the, band, the best dude. live the band best, best still band. I've ever seen ever in Me my too. life. I, I wish they. I feel like they never got the props they deserve, I, dude. I think so. Like, ah, man, definitely I fucking love them. Yeah. So inspirational. Such game changers. So Absolutely. many people. Yeah, Chris and Norwood produced my first band's demo wow. when I was 18 when I first moved to LA. Family Crisis? Uh, Family Crisis was uh, in high school. And then it was the Electric Love Hogs yeah, when yeah. I first moved to LA. Yep. And then it was Goldfinger after that. So yeah. it was the Electric Love Hogs. We were like a kind of a Chili Peppers kind of like we loved Infectious Grooves. Remember that band? Like Fuck yes, dude. Sui suicidal tendencies. Hell that yeah. was like I met Mike. Psycho Muir. Mike. Yeah. He, when I met that guy, I was like I met him in Santa Cruz, and I was just like, man, this is what I want to fucking. I want to do this. And the dude from I Metallica, got, right? Yeah, Robert. Robert. Yeah, he was in yeah, yeah. Too, yeah. He was in suicidal and infectious grooves. Yeah, yeah. legend. That so guy. You love the Wasn't funky somebody, shit. Was there somebody in uh, Vince Sevenfold that was in infectious? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I think Josh Freeze was the drummer. Wow. Oh, was nice. Dave Kushner in? Uh... He was in the Electric Love Hogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's how. Uh, I, yeah, I was working at Aardvarks. Felt Revolver too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. working at Aardvarks on Melrose. And I know Aardvarks. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, they and and his roommate John O'Brien, who was in. Um, it was him and this guy, Arik, that was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were auditioning a singer. And so I saw this singer want to audition for his band. And he was like, dude, I don't know if you're for, you're not really our jam, but I got this guy, Dave Kushner, that you'd be perfect wow. for. So I met Dave through that. And it's like, I mean, back in those days, it was, you know, the recycler and that's how you met musicians. Was yeah. Kind of different than it is now. But Yeah. And so you were born out here too? 
No, I, b- I was born in the Bay Area. I grew up in uh, Northern California, so that's Sa- how I know Steve Caballero. And okay. was it Saratoga? Saratoga is where I yeah, grew I up. Yeah, never heard of that. It. Yeah, what it's is- near Los Gatos, near Santa Cruz. Okay. Yeah, it was awesome, man. It was like I I grew up as I mean I was a, I was a punk rocker, but I was this closeted like uh, pop fan. Like I okay. loved <laughs> Duran Duran and Wham, and I just nice. loved like great songs. But it was like back in the '80s, man. You could. It's the best. Pop Isn't that crazy? It's a closet. Like, you couldn't really. You could say you liked not. other type of music. It's so interesting. Oh, but everybody was singing it though. I know. I was like, come on man you know you love this song I remember yeah, being at a party and I remember just <laughs> I remember saying to a friend of mine dude I I just bought the I just bought Synchronicity the police album and he's just like dude don't admit that shit in this party you'll get your fucking ass beat and wow. I'm just like holy it was like it was very different it was back then it was like I secretly loved you too so much yeah and it's like it's a weird thing it's like music's music you know, I know. And, and you should be oh, able yeah. to Whatever, but I mean, it was just like very, very focused on that's like true. you had one just, style. We had a blinders on, just punk rock, skate. When that's all, it was like for me, I was just like, that's all I care about. But, but then I, I, mean, I but listened the to radio. Music was just so infectious, though. I know. It was just too good. Like you didn't even have to buy the albums; you would hear it on the radio, of and you're just like, man, this is in my head now. Yeah, you know? I, know. I mean, George Michael, amazing voice. Yeah, incredible, one of the best songwriters of all time. Incredible songwriter. I mean. I, yeah, I remember admitting to be like, oh, if you like, he wasn't he in Wham? And it's just like, a, yeah, you, know, yeah, you don't, cool. yeah, but it was like, but I, I mean, I understand to a certain extent, like back, you know, when, when uh, like Social Distortion, TSOL, Adolescence, like all those bands that I really Love sunk them. my teeth into. And yeah. I was like, and those shows were in the Bay Area, at least everyone picked you up when you were in the pit. It was right. just, it was a whole like so different. No, that was community massive. of people. And it was like, they didn't, no one wanted that scene to kind of become mainstream. I it was see. like nah, everyone, yeah. you know, and I was, I get it. and I saw the Dead Kennedys. I mean, I saw all those bands back in the day and it was Fuck. just like, it was so much fun, yeah. you know, but um, there was part of me and is like in our band there's a huge pop element to family crisis that i mean we we we, we toured with bad religion we toured with seven seconds so we definitely Ooh. played like some epic shows yeah. back then but there was always a side of me that was just like a little i remember going to this one party and i'm still fucking i still deal with my job and i went to this one party i had like back then no one had pierced ears it was like you know everyone was yeah. pretty much straight i had like this you know, and I, and I was a punk rock kid. Like I had the Sid chain on, but I had this like <laughs> I had the Sid chain with a dangly seagull earring, which was like a flock of seagulls. Yeah, seagull it was like the seagull earring. I went to this party, and this guy's just like, "We don't know, we don't let fags in here." You know, to wow. me at the party because I had my ear and my earring. Was it your left or right ear? Yeah, that was a thing too. Back it was then. a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I go to this party, and I just and I get and I and I um and they wouldn't let me in. So I go to the back of the party, and I just, I saw the, it was the whole football team was there all in their jerseys right and i just go fuck jocks like that you know like right to the and they just look up at me i'm at the top of the hill and just watch them file out of the party just they come up to me the quarterback of the football team just cracks my jaw breaks my jaw knocks me out right in front of the whole party and i'm just like laid out the next day i have to have my jaw wired shut for eight fucking weeks just my jaw wired shut in high school and i remember going to i still go to parties and i was drinking back then i don't drink anymore but i was like i go to parties and I'd be like, I'd talk to girls. I'd be like, dude, if I throw up, I'm gonna die. And that, and that was like, oh, right. and that was like my pickup line. Like if I'm trying to, like, if I'm trying to get some He's girl. So mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. How old were you then? I was probably 16, 15. So you started going to shows early. I think it said something you wrote. You started writing songs when you were like 12 or 13. Yeah, I remember. Um, what, I, like, what was your um, introduction to music, or like, was it uh, something in your house? Your parents played music, or. 
My 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 father uh, only let us listen to musicals when I was a kid. That was oh, all we were God, allowed so to listen to his musicals. Which <laughs> it's definitely why I became an alcoholic for sure. Why I became alcoholic later in I'm life. So yeah, sorry it was like you. Oklahoma music band, Sound of Music, and that was it. Wow, you know. So it was. Oh, uh, God, that's so twisted. I know it was crazy. He was a crazy Catholic. I mean, he was like. Mm. I remember he pulled me aside. He's like, uh, I think they found a Playboy in my room, and he's like. And he's like, you know, you in, enjoy the indulge in the pleasures of the flesh after you're married. Like you will. He said you will get physical symptoms if you masturbate. Shit will happen to you. He didn't say hair on my palms, but right. he basically <laughs> just said your th- things are going to happen if you if you Holy continue shit. to masturbate. So it was really, really strict. So it doesn't. I mean, it makes perfect sense why I would gravitate towards yeah. Black Flag and yes, the Buzzcocks, you know. Rebellious. You had brothers and sisters? I have a sister that's two years younger, yeah. Was she into the same shit? Um, she was the new waver. She was into Tears for Fears. Nice. And, you know, right. Thompson Twins and all yes. that shit. She was into all that. Love so it all. Damn. We had like the punk rock now. and the new wave. It was... Totally. Yeah. Were your parents strict then? They were, strict? They were super strict. Yeah, you had to go to church and shit? Church every week, CCD communion. I shaved I my in... head before I got uh, confirmed. Wow. I'm I just so, do CCD tripping. too. I go church. Yeah, I was Catholic too. You had to go what, CCD. What's CCD? I don't know what it stands for. I do my communion and all that stuff. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's just like, like after school church, basically. Yeah, to do that. Ooh, yeah, like you just study horrible. the Bible and you. Okay. You just like wow. learn how not to jerk off or yeah. learn to hide it, <laughs> learn learn how to hide it better. You know. <laughs> it's <I'm> still <laughs> tripping on the fact that he made you listen to musicals yeah it's crazy yeah so um but but i mean to be honest like as an adult now i mean i we so check this out so every year at the hollywood bowl they play the sound of music i don't know if you've ever seen the ads yeah yeah, for sure so it's like it sells out every year Eighteen thousand people at the hollywood bowl pretty big though and um, so every year, as a tribute to my father, we go see the Sound of Music oh, okay. at the at the thing, oh, and it's wow. it's really great. And they do a costume contest every year where people dress oh, up I like characters from the movie. <laughs> Let's go. I see where this could yeah, go. Yeah. Go ahead. So my son, two years ago, like they didn't have it last year because of COVID, but before that, you know, he's like, I'm going to dress up. He's like, I want to be a um a female deer, like the song Doe a okay. deer, that's a female awesome. deer. He's 13. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I thought it was you dressed. Okay, yeah, it. it was my son, right? Okay, I'm awesome. like, you know, and I'm like, fuck yeah, you that know, rules. whatever, go for it. And uh, and so we got him this like deer, like little antlers, this one, this this little onesie outfit, you know. And um, and we get up, we get up on stage. There's three thousand people, right? And and I just wow, put, wow. A, I basically just put a um, like this pink bra on from my wife's closet. So he's got a bra <laughs> on this deer onesie, right? He looks amazing. It's fucking and awesome. the lady's like interviewing him. You know, what's your name? I'm Julian. I'm 13. What are you? I'm a female deer. And I'm filming him from front. And it's like sold out, right? And she goes, it's a lovely brassiere that you have, you have on. You know, whose is it? And he goes, it's my dad's. Looks right at me. It's my oh, dad's. And I'm awesome. filming him and they have the cameras on me. And so I'm on the jumbotron. Like, oh just, my God. And I can just dude. feel my face. He's just getting. I'm like, and it was the funniest shit I've ever heard. It was like that is fucking amazing. Dude. Yeah, it was so good, so good. My son is so funny, you know. That's amazing. I know. Is he into the same type of music you are? Uh, my son likes Juice World, and that's Juice World, and that's kind of it. That's, my son likes him too. I just watched that documentary. It's yeah, heavy I saw it. It's fu- really great. It's heavy, man. Wow. You yeah, check that out. It just came I, out. I saw it. It's, it's sad. It's just sad. Just sad. Yeah, it's just sad. It is. I mean, cho- like chopping up and just snorting. Like, and I was I, telling my like, son, he had I'm like, like a bunch of enablers like, around him. Yeah, just like I was. 
I don't even know how they consent to be in. I mean, his girlfriend video. was like giving him stuff, chopping it up during the dock. It was I mean, just like, it, it was, was hard to watch. It was it was hard to watch. It was, it was ridiculous because he was super was talented. Just, his flow and like his memory and just freestyle, everything about him was just like. Yeah, I don't know how people do that. I don't know how you just kind of like you're from you're sitting there with nothing in a microphone and a beat, and then you just like go. And I guess what he, in the way he would do it, he was he would just go for 10, 15 minutes, and they'd have seven, eight songs. Afterwards, yeah, he would just kind of keep going and going and going, which wow. is like, and it would all make sense and connect. Yeah, you know, it's like such a talented guy. And my yeah. son, my son's super. I mean, he's super into Juice. He knows every unreleased song. He knows everything. You know. Yeah, my son likes that too. Like all the young, new, yeah, all that stuff. But ASAP, re- all that. I related a lot, like when he was talking about the abyss. You know, that like darkness. I don't know if you ever get that, where you just like those mornings where that darkness kind of takes over. And Juice talks about. He calls it the abyss, you know, of that yeah. darkness, you know, that kind of comes. And it was like, I think a lot of artists really struggle with that, with the depression and the anxiety and the, sure. you know, not knowing. And you're just kind of like, because it's just you, right? It's yeah. you against the world. I mean, a lot of times when sure. you're an artist, yeah. a bunch of people, like my dad told me straight up, like, you'll never make it. You're never going to make it in the music business, you know, because wow. he didn't believe I would. Mm-hmm. And he was doing it. I mean, I'm sure to protect me to say, you should go to school. You should, you know, focus yeah. on other stuff. But man, I, I, I was Fuck. so ADD as a kid, man. I there's too, no way man. I could focus. Space, so you didn't do good in school? I was terrible. I kicked, I got kicked out of school. I mean, I started getting in, like you know, I'm 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 definitely <laughs> alcoholic. Is like the like textbook alcoholic. Like I drink and I become someone different, and it's just right. like I just like the whole thing kind of takes over. And I haven't had a drink in 32 years. That's so, amazing, man. Yeah. Um, but you started young drinking. I started young, like 13. Wow. You know, pretty much. You know, and was it the people you hanging out with? I was something? so drunk. I mean, that one party, it's like I would have never been like fuck jocks if I wasn't drunk. That's true. Right? Yeah. So I wouldn't have gotten in, I wouldn't have been that guy. You know, I got a girl pregnant at, at 16. She wow, had the kid. Dude. So I she had the a, kid. She had the kid. He's probably like his so I, I, I know. I've got a, I got a 37 year old daughter and who's like, yeah, it's crazy. Is she part of your life? She's part of my life. Wow. Full, Holy shit, full bro. On, yeah. And she's got three kids, so grandpa. Holy I'm shit, <laughs> grandpa! Dude. That's incredible. Yeah, it's I read like, something where you like you ate you would take fish out of some people's fish tanks and eat them too. You just wild out at wait, parties. Wow, wow, yeah, way before my vegan days. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. But when you were young and crazy and wild, yeah, yeah pregnant and eating people. Oh, dude, I was at this one party. It was the, oh, <laughs> I think about some of this shit. And it's just like so gnarly. I went to this this guy's <laughs> party, and he had one of those those crazy fish tanks, the saltwater ones, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, the, the parents obviously weren't there, you know, but there was this, you know, I just took this fish out and I just bit it in half, you know, out oh, of the fish. No. Ozzy Osbourne style. Swallowed oh, it. And then there was this little 10 year old kid. I just noticed him right away and he comes up to me. He's like, that was my fish, Fred. You That's just ate so Fred and starts fuck. bawling his oh, eyes out. Wow. And I was like, what a fucking dick. I, I just kids I forever traumatized forever traumatized I, I like murdered his animal oh, and it was like I, I swear to God some of this shit like you know, later on when I became an activist an animal rights activist like I, I feel like it's like I'm repentant for doing yeah. all for behaving like such an animal when I was a kid Jeez. you know fuck so what did your dad what did your do parents know about the pregnancy what did they do when that happened they, they, yeah, I mean what was that I mean that, fucking do you remember fr- that day going in like um mom dad uh did they think you were like this perfect Catholic boy 
I mean, they, you know, they, they had, they had found the Playboy. I started getting in trouble in, uh, in, in high school. I saw know. the Bad Religion. You found the Bad Religion <laughs> album. Damn yeah, that yeah. Playboy. <laughs> yeah, they took my dad took all my albums away. Which to, even to this day, I still was a little resentful when he died. I'm like, Dad, where'd you hide them? He's like, mm. I just tossed them. All those great records, you know. <sighs> How could hell get any worse? Like just every great album that I had. You know, you had a song about that. Yeah, getting your albums taken away. Yeah, yeah they yeah. did. Fuck. We yeah. played a show with SNFU up in Vancouver. Is that where they're from? Yep, they're yeah, from. Or they're from Canada. So cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But bad religion is like the ultimate, like fuck you to your parents type shit. Especially if you're religious. A lot of people have talked about on this podcast about seeing the bad religion logo and like mm-hmm. being like in this family where they're pushed to go to church and stuff. That was I don't know. Well, they, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I mean, they were definitely since they're Catholic. Like you're having this kid. Yeah. I know. No, what no, we, they were, they were, um, oh, really? they didn't know what they, 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 they said, are you going to marry her? And I, it was like a one night stand. I mean, oh my God. Two night. I went back. It was a two night stand. I definitely went, <laughs> I went back for more, you know, I, 16, <laughs> hell yeah, you're going back. was like your first, was it your first experience with a girl at that point? Or um, no? She was 21. So she was, probably, yeah, I was 16. She was 21. Yo, this shit still keeps dude, getting crazy. Is, I already got the script out. I'm writing this, this movie is coming out. Lifetime special. And it's <laughs> like, you know, my wife is so funny. Cause she's like, I mean, she's got, uh, she's got her own opinions about the whole thing. And she's like, if it was flipped, oh, if, yeah. if you were the girl at 16 and, and he was the man at 21, it would have been a whole different thing, but totally. it just wasn't, you know? And it's like, I knew, I knew what I was doing and I take full ownership. It's not like there's not some blame that I'm saying like, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it was, like I said, I Come went on, back. Toby. <laughs> what? No, I was just saying this has similarities to Licorice Pizza, the movie I just right. saw. Okay. It was a 25-year-old girl and a 50-year-old boy, and it's getting all kinds of blowback right now. It's a beautiful movie, but like you just said, if it was a dude 25 going after a 50-year-old girl, that movie would probably be, never be made. I'm just saying, especially this day and age, I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's very, yeah. Licorice Pizza. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great movie. Anyway, but back so, to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, 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 wow. So, so 21, she's 21. You're so, 16. yeah, I had a lot of, I mean, look, I had a lot so of. She was uh, like, I'm, I'm deaf. Well, obviously, she was like, I'm having this kid where you just. Her mom had just died and she wanted, she was trying to get pregnant. So, it was, there was definitely. Oh, so wait a minute. There though. was some, there was definitely a little bit of weirdness, you know, in hindsight of, of me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, she yeah. wanted a, she wanted a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, and I definitely did not want a kid, you Holy know. So, fuck. but I but I, I just drank. I mean, I drank through it. My parents said, you know, when I, when I said I wasn't going to marry her, I was not going to have any contact with her. I was going to just let it go because I had no interest. I was just like a kid, drunk, yeah. a yeah, drunk yeah. idiot kid, right. just like. And were they? And what were their um, response? Like they were. They. I mean, I think they they kind of swept it under, under the rug, and it mm-hmm. became this big shame. Right. Gift thing that like i had like you probably drank more thing. i drank more yeah. and i just became yeah it was t- it was awful it was fucking fuck, awful as dude. a kid it's you heavy know as and fuck. was she reaching out to you like hey she was like um ashley's born you know when ashley was born she called me and i wasn't there so by the time i got sober and i was ready to you know kind of make right you know make amends for this whole situation like i was ready to like what, be when have was, her like how yeah. old she was right? five when i first met her maybe six so uh. I mean, it was, uh, it was a whole thing, man. And, and, and to this day, like I've, I mean, the, the funny thing now is my wife was pregnant when Ashley was pregnant. So my granddaughter is older than my son, which is like straight up Jerry Springer. I mean, it's yeah. like fucking, <laughs> it is straight up like, 
you know, but it's, it's really like, it's turned out to be one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me. I love my daughter wow. so much, right. Ashley, you know, and I love, I love my grandkids. It's like, we have this relationship, they come down and it's just like, everyone gets along and we have these huge family parties and it's just wow, crazy how dude. things have, That's and so it's like cool. part like of it, like a young grandfather. That's yeah. kind of bad. Well, thanks for saying yeah. young. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, man. you are. Come on. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking crazy, bro. Yeah, it was uh it was a wild experience, but um uh but yeah, I mean it is it's life and it's yeah. like it's like you can only like Steve Jobs says you can only connect the dots looking backwards, like yeah. how you get from from there to where I am today talking to you guys, you totally. know. It's mm-hmm. like I no one has a crystal ball and it's like all this stuff affected how I got to where I am. If it wasn't Absolutely. for selling shoes, if it wasn't for working at Aardvarks, I would have never met Dave, yeah. I would have never been signed. It's like the electric love hogs had we had I mean, I could make a movie about how that band kind of like, I mean, I've always had a propensity for discovering young talent. Like Mm -hmm. we talked about story of the year earlier, like, you know, whatever artist is that I've discovered 21 pilots or the used or whatever. And it's like, even back then, I mean, I would find these groups. Like I met Maynard the first day he moved to Los Angeles. Like he was, wasn't really even in a band and it was wow. like, he'd visit me every day and was like, I'm going to start this band called tool. And so it was like, I, uh, like, I'm like, you got to open for the electric love hog. So I had tool <laughs> open wow. for my band and we took him and we took what? raids against the machine on their first tour. We took Pearl jam out all these bands. Holy like we took, shit. we took like like back in the day before they had blown up and it was like I always had I saw Rage Against the Machine play the coconut teaser in front of five people and it was like this is going to be the fucking biggest band on the planet you know and Damn. I've always had this gift for developing and discovering talent early and it's just yeah. part of like you know who I am you know and it's like had I and I I didn't know that I was going to be like an executive or a producer I just always thought I was going to be a dude in a band but it's like that's not how my life turned out it just turned out different was there a a point where it turned around where you're like hmm I can I think I can produce or was there a moment or was it something that kind of it came later on then it came later on right? yeah yeah I mean I, I I uh no one I knew could get the sound that I wanted for Goldfinger other mm. than me. I just knew how to get where I wanted to go. So I was always the guy like five, six in the morning, just tweaking the snare drum, you know, over mm. and over and over, you know, and that was, that was kind of what I did is just figure out what EQs did and compressors and what microphone sounded good on guitars, what, uh, what mic I liked on a kick drum. And just, I, I do, I would just spend hours and hours when everyone would leave with the engineer, just yeah. harassing him, just drinking coffee and just making, the, <laughs> making the kids stay there for hours and hours. And it was like, um, what was that band? Um, uh, Toxic Death Syndrome. I remember that might, that might be the name. Yeah. T T S. No, Tox, Toxic Shock Syndrome. T S S. They're like this Venice hardcore band. That was the first band I ever <clears throat> produced. Oh wow! And it was like, um, I was. Uh, it was it was gnarly. It was like. Um, it was just like, I just went, I just went for it. I had no yeah. idea what I was doing, but I just went for it. And it sounded, it ended up sounding all right. I had this 12 track recorder I bought with the electric love hogs budget that we had back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I had this thing and just started recording bands. Wow. It's crazy, man. Wow. And so were you playing instruments when you were a teenager too? Like, I play guitar. I played bass in Family Crisis. That okay. was like my whole thing. Is just like self-taught learning. too? Yeah, yeah. Self-taught. Okay. Just learning how to play it. I remember, 
I remember like sitting there listening to the Buzzcocks. I don't know if you know that song. You, you say you don't love me. You know, I don't know if you know that one, but it's like the kick drum and the bass pattern is like do 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 do. It's like this perfect syncopated thing. And I just remember studying, going, how did the bass player get this tone? Mm. You know what I mean? And just thinking like and like just learning how to play bass. That's what I learned to is to the Buzzcocks for sure. Awesome. Incredible band and Buzzcocks, man. Mm-hmm. Not many people talk about them enough, I think, either. True. true. Yeah. Pete Melodies, Ch- pop, everything. Oh, he's man. the best. Pete Shelley was yeah, the best. Dude. Yeah, we opened for them in 96, and that was like huge for me, you know, yeah. as, as a kid to be able to like. We opened for the Sex Pistols, too, back then. It was like this, um, but for the reunion tour. And <laughs> this friend of mine just went on tour. And, you know, these days there's that whole cancel culture thing. And this yeah. band that I work with. Um, he wears an armband like as a tribute to his father and he's a Jewish kid, but someone said he's a Nazi because he was wearing an armband. Oh, so wow. online they called him a Nazi. So all these like like 30, 40 kids would show up at these shows when he's opening for this band Water Parks and they were like, get off the stage, you Nazi and all this stuff. And he's Jewish <laughs> and he's just like, and he ended up can't, he ended up quitting the tour and I'm like, oh wow, and I'm man. like, that's the last thing you want to do yeah. is quit the tour. You know, it's like, but whatever. I wow. Mean, um, Such a different time. Yeah, man. but when I was opening for the Sex Pistols, every single night someone would fill a pint of beer with piss and throw it on me. Song one, I'd be on what? stage and just covered in piss. Oh, I mean, it was the Sex Pistols, no. you know? Fuck, First man. song. No. And it was no, like, freaking, oh my God. It was, <laughs> yeah, I fought a lot. I had to fight a lot back then, but it was like, <laughs> Damn. but I learned, man. I learned yeah. how to stand my ground and not leave, you know? And it was Holy like, shit. We got kicked off the Sex Pistols tour. Like, I think it was like the third show, Bumber Shoot up in <laughs> Seattle. It was like, we like this guy, this, this, this guy came on stage to introduce us from the radio station that was promoting the show. He's like, just no matter what you do, don't throw anything on stage because we got to keep it clean for the Sex Pistols. And yeah. of course, Everybody the audience is, is like- throwing. So I'm up on stage. And I'm like, all right. And I just grabbed the DJ and I brought him on stage and said, throw every fucking thing you can at this motherfucker. And people are throwing like those jewel case CDs. It hits me in the eye. I'm like, you know, it's just, it was awful. It was fucking what year was awful. That? This was 95, 96. Oh, shit, damn. Yeah. Back then, and uh, and so wow. we got kicked off the tour. Our drummer at the time, Darren, went to the Sex Pistols dressing room, and just took a shit all over their fucking food. Like, like just oh took a dump God, all over dude. their like, the, which That's is foul. it's not the friendliest thing to do. Wow, we got piss in your face every night. So I don't know. But then, I, they, yeah, shit for piss. I don't know. They let us back on the tour. They did. Yeah, they're like that was ultimately the punk. Maybe run. they were testing <laughs> testing your punk. Yeah. Like, wow. Serious punk going on here. Jesus Christ. So, so what was your goal when you wanted to, like when you graduated? Did you want to do music? We just focused on that, or you didn't know what you wanted to do? Um, I mean, I knew it was music. I knew since I was twelve that I was going to play music yeah you know? and, and and the few i mean that's the thing is like as much as maybe i'd be resentful against my father for saying you're never going to do this or yeah. not supporting me you want to prove i took it, it as fuel totally. you know i was just like totally. i'm going to prove him wrong i'm going to do it i'm going to make it happen wow. and i moved to la when i was 17 and uh um and that's just all i focused that was it that's all i did all day every day i mean i mean i was still drinking so it's like it, i couldn't really connect it it was like that thing that you see um like when i'm looking at you guys that are like 
um, as far as I can tell, probably not drunk or stoned or high on, on <laughs> no, drugs. Man. Probably not. Like there's a connection that I can see that's connected to the universe. Like when I'm working with an artist and we're writing music, like as soon as they smoke weed or take pills or drink, like it's like there's this fuzzy line that gets disconnected and really? gets yeah. unplugged from the power of you know, the universe that's there to tap into that creative energy mm-hmm. that we get when we're creating. And, um, uh, and it was like, I couldn't connect because I was still drinking and doing drugs and I, yeah. I, just, I couldn't connect to that. So I could write music, but it just wasn't, there was always something kind of missing. Like mm-hmm. the chorus wasn't there or my, you know, top, whatever for me. And yeah. it's like, clearly there's people that like defy that rule. Like right. in the juice world documentary, it's a perfect example of totally. someone, someone that's just that, that good that God knows what he could have um, done if he wasn't, if he was, if he had gotten sober. And what, definitely uh, like a handful, you know, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know, but from the seventies, in my, ex- yeah, yeah. Just in my experience, man, it's like people right. just create better when they're not. No, I, 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 it's yeah. interesting to hear because I would agree a hundred percent more, especially live. I think that's where I realized like, wow, that I'm, I'm incapable of doing performance fucked up. It's just mm. live. It's impossible. It's just not going to be good. Yeah. Most of the time, I've seen performers do shows really fucked up. Ninety eight percent of the time, it's really. Yeah. But there are people that do incredibly well, which I'm, it's fascinating to me because I've seen people really tap into that. Like, wow, yeah. that moment was something else, you know. But I, I would agree, you know, like I, especially in the studio when it's a very. For me, you know, I've only experienced that sobriety in the studio. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. There's I just want the weird. cleanest connection to the that creative energy as possible. I just want mm. the cleanest connection. And it's like yeah. if I'm working with someone, I want I want us to be able to write the best song we're going to be able to write. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking like, uh, you know, because HR is obviously one of the best front men of all time. Mm. And was he, I mean, how sober was he back in the day? Well, I, yeah. I think some people get in front of themselves. You could be your worst enemy, you mm. know, as far as like mentally, your mind overthinking things too much. You know, some people put up these blockades in their own mind, preventing themselves to be connected. So I think for some people, they feel comfortable. Like maybe I'll smoke a little. My guitars, for example. Or nerves, calm their nerves, whatever. really loosens up. You know, it's like completely the opposite of me. My drummer as well. It's like no way. No way yeah, <laughs> like yeah. would be off the tracks. Couldn't yeah. even conceive of doing that. Yeah. I guess if you think, I mean, the greatest artist of all time is probably Bob Marley for me, at least, like of all time, like the most yeah. connected to. But it's like he's smoking stems and seeds. It's not like he's really, <laughs> he's not smoking the weed that exists in 2021 or no, 2022. so different, yeah. He does, he's not smoking but, I, that. I, but there's, yeah, I mean, but I think it has a lot more to do with like, there's like genius musicians, you know, it's just they have this connection. And yeah. nothing's gonna block it, whether it be like weed or whatever. There's, but it's a, such a small amount. Those are like rarities, honestly. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I, a rarity. All I can talk <laughs> talk is from my experience, right. like you know, and it's like I can just like I, like I say, I'll meet an artist. And we'll start an idea and then they'll say, I want to go out and take a break and, right, yeah. and they'll go get stoned or, or drink or take pills and come back. And it's like, it's a, it's a whole different trajectory. It's a whole different thing. But, and honestly, as a producer, I would be kind of pissed off. Yeah. It's just, I'd be it's like, just are you different. taking this seriously? It's like, what are you, I mean, like for? you said, compared to the seventies where it's just like, <laughs> you know, I remember yeah. this friend of mine bought an old SSL console and it was like, there's this big hole in the middle of it. And they're like, what the hell's that for? It's like, it's an ashtray. Cause everyone would just smoke. And that was like. In the studio too, it's fucking crazy. 
So how long after you got to LA working at Aardvark, Aardvarks, you started doing Electric Love Hogs? Like how? Um, so we broke up when I was 22. So we were we were together from like 18 to 22. So uh, I mean, I had two of the guys I went to high school with were in the band. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I couple get years. Cu- a couple years. Yeah. yeah. And it was like we dominated, man. I mean, the, wow. fr- the first show that we ever played, though, was with Fishbone at the Roxy. Oh, wow. And it was like I just remember um, I just remember just going to my this is it. I've made it. I, wow. If I can open for <laughs> if I can open for Fishbone at Sick. the Roxy, that's all I, 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 I can tap out, you know, especially back then. <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really, it was really great. Uh, but like I said, I mean, we had a lot of epic moments of having all these great bands we could take on tour with us. That's and, a, yeah. You know, we dominated LA and San Diego. We would, I mean, we were we were playing playing like three, four thousand people when we broke up. You know, and wow. And it was like Dave was the first guy to quit. You know, Dave knew that. Um, uh, Dave knew that we were too disjointed. Like I wanted to write catchy choruses and they wanted to do more guitar solos. And it was just like, we just weren't connected on the same yeah. page. And it's really hard being in a band. It oh, just yeah. is, you know? Yeah, is. And uh, especially when musically, like I'm trying to push this kind of poppy music forward and they're trying to do heavier music, you know? And they yeah. were, all, I mean, back then it was like kind of Pantera was the band that first, I think shifted out of melody, you know, and they really wanted it. Like vulgar display of power is like that record that just kind of made it like everything is just like, you know, kind of no melody. Right. right? It's true. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I was, <laughs> and I was all about melody. And so yeah. they, they, it just wasn't meant to be, you know, what, what, what was it when you finally came out as loving pop music? Was it just after you get out of school or away from the scene you were hanging out with or that you wanted to focus and say, fuck it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a punk rock kid, but I also love melody and I'm going to go for more melodic things. I mean, I think I think having all these life experiences like, you know, kind of going through and and playing those punk rock shows with Family Crisis and then yeah. and then opening for um and then kind of the experiences that we had, like, you know, being signed. Tommy Lee produced the records. So, I have written down that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which was uh, co-produced or something. Co-produced yeah. with. Yeah, because yeah, Mark Dodson produced the record who did Suicidal and he did Infectious Groove. So he awesome. was like our guy, of, of, of course. Right. We're going to have right. that guy produce <laughs> our yes. record. And then Tommy Lee, of course, because Tommy was like a huge fan of the band. Wow. And it was like it was just great. Like we went and met Heather Locklear when they were living in Valley in wherever that was Damn. Westlake Village it was just like hanging out with him and just like the whole thing and that's crazy I mean he would just sit there and like just we'd be talking and be hang on a second just grab a lighter and just light a fart on fire and just like let the <laughs> fart just like explode the whole room he was just one of those guys that was so fun to be around and yeah. it taught me a lot as a producer it's like it's not just down to business like you, ha- you have to be able to you know yeah. have have fun and a lot of times when I do sessions with artists it's like we'll start I mean, I, I guess I still light shit on fire once in a while, but <laughs> I remember I was producing a Treyu. I don't know if you know that band. Oh, yeah, but, we know, yeah. You know, um, but I had this coffee mug. I'm a big, I love coffee so much. And uh, I had this Me thing, too. it was like a se- it was like a, a self-heating coffee mug that you Damn. would like put on this thing fancy. so it would keep the coffee. It was really fancy, but you take it off and there'd be this big metal screen. And I remember this one day I just said, let me. I wonder what would happen if I just put my ball sack on the on the bottom of this thing, just to see if it would like heat up my balls, and my balls stuck to the bottom of it, got stuck because it was oh so hot, God, singed dude. it, and it was like burning all the hair off my. It was oh my the worst. God, so, some jackass shit. Yeah, not yeah so it was not. Anymore. It was not fucking funny. <laughs> Those guys thought it was funny, but at the time I was like, this is not. So I think I think Tommy would probably like helped me become, you know, less of you know. <laughs> More of a 
fun producer rather than just all serious. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And so you and so you started GoFinger. That was you. Did you yeah, name the band? Did start the band. Yeah, I'm so about that. yeah. How so the, so the, the Love Hogs broke up, and, and I had to go back to selling shoes. So I'm, yeah. I'm on the promenade, all and right. I did that too at Nana Shoes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Nana was my place. Yeah. That Ooh. was that what? was that was where I worked. That's no, where I worked. That's where I worked in no. Soho. Yeah, that's, that's where I, I worked in on the promenade. I worked in New Nana. York across the street from me. Worked at Fat Farm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Nancy. Well, Nancy. It was yeah, yeah. name too. Uh, Nancy. Uh, and I can't. We it, both worked at Nana. Yeah, shoes. yeah. Unbelievable. Holy fuck! That's <laughs> fucking amazing. I worked there for four years, bro. Yeah, Holy dude. It was shit. all monkey boots and creepers yes, and Doc, Doc Martens. Martins. Yeah, my whole life, dude. It's like if I didn't work at Nana, <laughs> there's no chance I'd be here with you. There's wow. none. Holy it connected shit, everything. Dude. Nana connected everything for me. It I met like so many people working there too. So York. many. Yeah. But people would come in that knew me from um, from the Love Hogs, and they'd be like. What are you guys playing next? And then we were broken up, and I would, I would sometimes I'd pretend like I was just shopping. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, dude, like we're playing a show next month." It's like because I felt like, you felt bad. You felt I weird. felt like such a failure having to go back to selling shoes. You know, they're like, "Yeah, they just let me roll in the back and grab them. <laughs> whatever, I docks. whatever I need, yeah. I can go in the back and just." Yeah, that is so fucking it was funny. It was awful. You know, I remember. Damn. You remember know Ricky Rackman? I don't yeah, know if you know dude, that guy. Yeah. yeah. So Ricky came in one day, and he knew me from the band and and I, he was one of those guys that i pretended like i wasn't working there oh. and i was like but then eventually i think it was nancy that came up and said john i need you to go downstairs and stack the shoe boxes and i was like oh shit all right what size are you ricky <laughs> he's like um nine and a half bro you know <laughs> it was awful <laughs> That's fucking it was amazing. Awful. It was fucking awful. But, Fuck. it, but um, you know, because of that job, it was like this guy came in and he knew that I was in my band before that. And he just said, well, What are you doing now? And I, and I had, and I've been working on the Goldfinger demos with that 12 track that I had. Dope. So nice. I, I had written like nine songs and I just uh, stuck. I mean, he bought a pair of nine and a half Oxblood doc martens you know Sick. and i stuck Classic. my demo tape in his shoebox and he signed wow. signed no me to way. a record deal get the holy yeah. fuck you are fucking slick that's genius that's amazing holy shit yeah so if it wasn't wow. that job if i wow. wasn't working at right. that job at that time it would have been completely different for me what was that label you know? again mojo records mojo records mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mojo. yeah so so he was patrick mcdowell was the guy that um came in Sold him a pair of shoes and then he signed me to a record deal that a week is, later. You get a demo with your Oxbloods. That, that is that fucking amazing. amazing. So, so then what happened after that? But Holy it was like, shit. um, so you didn't have a band. You were just like, it's just me. No, I the the bass player, um, uh, Simon Simon was working with me. Um, Simon Williams, he okay. was the bass player. So we would talk about like Elvis Costello and Joe Jackson awesome. and all the shit. shit that we wanted to do. We wanted to do like a like some English beat in there, but right. like you know, definitely like a big helping of Bad Religion and you know, kind of like somewhere in that mod ska punk kind of like thing. We knew we wanted to do something like that. Yeah, and so I had made all the demos myself and I just gave them to Simon to learn and then um my best friend was was working at Starbucks on uh right there by the Beverly Center on La Cienega yeah, yeah. and so he he's like dude I got a drummer that you got to try out and this guy's like dude I'm better than Vinnie Paul I'm the best drummer in the world I'm better than Dave Grohl I'm like <laughs> I'm just like, like what do you doors. I know dude <laughs> I'm like this guy Slow would just down, bug the shit out of me and it was like and, and so <laughs> 
and and we'd audition like three or four drummers and the guys would wear gloves and they'd have seats on the back of their drum sets and i'm like dude what is going on here man like this is not these are not drummers you know and and then i'd audition darren who he was that guy that said you that arrogant guy bro oh shit i'm like you know i don't know if i don't know if any of that's true but he was really me too but he he just crushed it he learned the song start to finish and just crushed it and he became the drummer and then the electric love hogs guitar tech charlie paulson ended up becoming the guitar player so that's how i kind of put the band together and it was like and then we made our record together um at mojo records and this guy han zimmer would yeah so he owned part he owned the studio that jay rifkin who owned mojo records was part of so hans was there every single day and i would just harass the shit out of him and be like dude what is that what is what do these synths do like what is like how do you make this sound how did you do this and and i just harass him every single day and he would be there like we get to the studio at like noon and he'd already have been there for three hours and we'd finish at three in the morning and he'd still be there like composing and I'm like, dude, this is how you work. That's how you do it. This is how you do yeah. it. And I learned from Hans like that that was the work ethic that you need. Mm-hmm. Was was here in your bedroom on that demo? Um here in your bedroom was on that demo. Wow. Yeah. I wrote it in ten minutes. I wrote that's that song big, like that. Yeah. That was that was our big that was our breakthrough song. And it was like I remember I was working at the shoe store at Nana. Massive with song. This, with this girl Marquia, Marquia and uh, and it was like that song. I just like we ended up New Year's Eve just like finally hooking up after all this time. I've been trying <laughs> at the shoe store, trying to get her to make out with me, and you know downstairs at the shoe store, and it just didn't. Ha- it never happened, and it finally happened. Oh and I and I wrote that song here in your bedroom. Holy like I just shit. wrote it super quick about her. And it, I mean, your first record w- w- it did gold, right? It went record. gold, yeah. Wow. First album, and real quick, we have another connection because. My original bass player, Eric Rice, Eric. was in a band with Derek with Darren called Zero Tolerance. Zero Tolerance. So they Buffalo. both. So my first first H2O album was Eric Rice, and they're both in the same band. And I Crazy. played with Eric when I moved to Darren, New York. Darren, I played oh, with Eric, Eric yep. for like a minute. Like he was playing bass in uh, my band called Overfiend. It's crazy, dude. Bro. The and and the bass player of no, who who is who? Eric's the bass player. Yeah, yeah. Eric the guitar Rice. player of Zero Tolerance apparently murdered his girlfriend, buried her in lie, and got I caught. Heard, I heard Did about you know this. that. I heard about what? this. Yeah, from no. Zero Tolerance. Are you I heard yeah, about yeah, this, yeah. Dude. It's like Darren would tell us these stories about this band he used to be in, and I'm like, dude, Zero Z-T. Tolerance, whole no joke, Z-T, man. Yeah, we opened up from Buffalo, and, and the singer was a Krishna. Times. The singer yeah, was Harry Krishna. Did a lot of shows with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. So singer's Harry Krishna. Yeah. Guitar player's a murderer. Bass player's an H2O. Drum. Yo. Fuck. Wild shit, yeah. man. So, yeah. so Mojo was it was in, it was independent, right? Or no? Mojo was independent when yeah. we signed. So they were like a. Um, I mean, no one, I, I gave my demo to fat Mike, I think at the dragonfly one night, I'm wow. like, before we signed a mojo, I'm like, dude, no effects are the best band of all time. You got to <laughs> fucking, you got fat records, you got to sign and whatever. And he, he, I don't think he listened. I don't think he just, he didn't really care. You know, at the time he was just like, whatever. And we're, we're, we're pretty tight now. Me and him and I, and I, I still harass him this day. I'm like, dude, could have been Goldfinger on whatever, but who so, cares? <laughs> had you paid, have you had you, so he gave the demo, you made a demo and he got signed up a demo, but had the band played shows? A lot we, of shows. We probably played 
at that point, we probably played maybe a dozen. I mean, not wow. not a lot. You and know? were people responding? Like, yeah, I mean, it was like, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I could definitely tell there was something there that was different than my old band. Like, it was definitely yeah. like mm-hmm. a more cohesive thing. I was the main songwriter. It was my band. I had the vision for it. You okay. know, totally. I, we were all wearing like, you know, it was like I had my creepers and my shark skin suits, and we were all about like, you know, we came from a James Bond movie, and it was going to be very focused on like sixties culture and mod mm-hmm. and the Who and all that kind of like, you know stylistic awesome that's what i wanted to do you know and so we probably played like a dozen shows we got signed we made that album and it was like here in your bedroom was on the radio within six months it was like that but it was like the thing is like like they say 10,000 hours, right? And it was like, I had had all that life experience with Family Crisis and the yeah. Electric Love Hogs and touring the world. And I'd, and I'd played all those shows and I'd watched Angelo over and over and over. And I'd studied and, you know, and I had all my influences that had already happened leading up to that. Totally. And man. so it was meant to connect because it was an uphill battle with the Love Hogs because we were all so um, disjointed with what we wanted to do. And mm-hmm. the Goldfinger was so connected and exa- I knew exactly what the sound was going to be. I knew everything. So by the time we got on k-rock when we got added to k-rock they were spinning us 38 times a week it was crazy man like 40 38 to 42 times a week it was just insane like i couldn't not hear it and i was in my hundred dollar dodge cold i had all my pennywise bumper stickers and all my shit you know <laughs> and i had, had you're this, still working um, at nana too i was still working at nana when the it was song crazy was, oh my it was God, fucking crazy dude. man I had this car. It was. It was like they had one of those big fuzzy steering wheel covers, you know, that I bought yeah. from my grandmother's best friend, and I took it off because I just didn't like it. So it had all this glue. And in the summertime in L.A., oh, it, yeah. the glue would melt. My hands would get stuck to the steering wheel, <laughs> and I'd just be like driving around it with my and hands. Your songs stuck, on the radio, and my yeah. songs on the radio, and I'm driving this hundred dollar car, just going. But in your head, you were thinking like, oh yeah, it's going down. Like, but yeah, that was go my goal. Court? That was always my yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah. So my yeah. goal already, was. Like, you're like, fuck it. I have this gluey steering wheel. Yeah, it was it like you long. have these right. life, these life goals that you have, and it was like for me, it was like, how do I just not sell shoes anymore? Like, how do I prove my dad wrong as right. a kid? That little inside voice. Oh, hell just yeah. Like I have to, I have to make this happen. And then I hated. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, there's so many old ladies would come in and they'd be like. I've got this boil on my foot. I've got these, <laughs> this corn. How do I get rid of these things on my feet? I'm like, dude, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if that ever happened to you, but that would happen. Yeah, that was just, it was awful, you know? And I'm like, I just don't want to, situation. I just don't want to have to do that. Yeah. So you pretty much quit your job pretty soon after that? I gave him two weeks notice and it was, it was, it was crazy too. Cause as a, um, you know, as kind of a, a using alcoholic drug addict, like every dro- job that I'd worked, I'd always like, I'd steal shit to trade for drugs. And wow. it was like, I got sober. And then Nana was the first job that I was like clean. I never oh, stole okay. anything. I, I just was there. I didn't, um, I didn't rip them off. I didn't, t- I mean, it was like, yeah. I was like there. And I feel like had I still been that dirt bag, it wouldn't have, I don't think it would have played out the way that it did. I think that you get rewarded for, you know, and, and since then I've gone back and I've paid back all those jobs that I stole from. And I really, and I, you know, of course. Yeah. Wow. Man. I mean, since then I've, mm. I've made amends for all that stuff. It's like, I, I don't want, that's amazing, dude. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know? Right. Fuck so immediately probably the song on the radio you guys go on tour and just that's it. Just, the, it happened quick and it was like um I mean it was almost like a double edged sword because a, a lot of uh, I mean a lot of that culture like we talked about earlier yeah. you know is so like and I felt like we weren't really um 
like in the beginning, because MTV ha- was still happening, and we had our video was on the on on heavy rotation. We we're on the radio everywhere you went, and it was like a lot of these bands that have been together for decades it still hasn't happened for. Yeah, and there was some bitterness and resentment, yeah, some jealousy. Was, yeah, yeah, when I was on Warp Tour, there was definitely like I remember being just harassed a little bit, like where did you come from? Who are you? Like that kind of shit. And I'm, right. and it's like. Uh, but it's like we just like Check I said, your punk I, cred, all that, all shit, that yeah. stuff, you know. And, and it's like, what's Mojo Records? Like, what, what is that, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it didn't exist. It just wasn't a label. Right. And and in my hats off to Jay Rifkin for taking a, a chance on me for yeah. like saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sign this band that's like unproven, but I love the songs. He just loved the music, yeah. you know. And it's like that's the, the end of the day, song is king. And I say that to every artist that I work with, like song is the most important thing, mm. you yeah. know. And it's like, so I feel like I wrote. I wrote some pretty good songs. I mean, I wrote Here in Your Bedroom on my own, by myself. I self-produced it. I did everything on my own. And it was like I had to, I needed to be able to do that to prove to the world that like there's something here yeah. that's valuable, you yeah. know? And did you did you put pressure on yourself to do that again for the next record? Um, did you feel like you had to write a hit song after that? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like Superman became such like a... Um, uh, it was it was such an underground song because yeah. I mean Tony Hawk was a fan of the band and so, so he, it was on his game. Yeah. He took Superman and put it in Pro Skater. That's, a, that's huge. And it too. became like this underground huge. And it was like I remember we were on tour with the Bloodhound Gang in in, in Europe, which <laughs> I was a, that. yeah yeah. It was a funny. It was a really funny tour. But <laughs> we would play, and then halfway through the set, we played Superman, and then the crowd would just go ballistic. It was just like just this m- huge mosh pit, and it was like, what? Why is this wow. song? And it was because. We were in that Tony, Tony Hawk pro, skater, s- yeah. pro Skater. It was pro like skater. crazy, man. It was like you never know what is going to be that next thing. And it's like I didn't write Superman thinking I need to write a hit. Yeah. I just wrote a song that, that connected in a video game, you know. Fuck. And I'll take what well, I'll take what I can get, right. you know, whatever, yeah, wherever sure. the. And that's that's our biggest song to this day, and that was on our second album, I know. and that's still our biggest uh, our biggest song, you know. I mean, Here in the Bedroom was huge because. Uh, um, because it was, it was a song that just, it kind of sounded like the English beat. It, it kind of had like some green day elements to it, but it was like still very unique in the way that it sounded. Yeah. I never heard on the radio. It just didn't sound like anything else, you know, and I needed to, and that needed to happen in order for us to become the touring band that we became later. Yeah. And I love that on the, on the record after that, Stomp Ground, you guys covered 99 Red Balloons. Yeah, so our third record uh, on, on 99 Red Balloons was like, because as a kid, like opening seven for seven se- seconds, like exactly. they, they did it, you know, and it was like, and I jammed with Troy a couple times, the drummer, oh, wow. and it was like when I was a, ki- a kid, and I'm like, this is like, I knew it a real drummer, because he's a real drummer. Incredible drummer, dude. The guy's amazing. And every night they would... Um, um, They'd have that, whoa, 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 that everyone would sing along that part. You know, I'm like, dude, I, one day I'm going to cover, I'm going to cover the cover of their song. And we did our own version of it, but it was like, if it wasn't for seven seconds and opening for them as a kid, I wouldn't have covered it. And it became, and that made it in a bunch of video games and it became like a top 10, uh, German hit it. Like our version became this huge song. And so we were playing 10,000 people in Germany and we opened for, uh, die Totenhosen. I don't know if you remember (laughs) them. Die Totenhosen. We, we opened for them and it was like, we did their, their 30 year reunion or something. So we played in front of a hundred thousand people. It was just like, it was crazy. And it was such a cool experience, you know, playing in Germany. We played eight weeks. We toured eight weeks in Germany. This one, this one tour. And it was just like, it was weeks. It was awful. It was awful. It was awful, man. I know. I was so grateful to have that opportunity, but still, it's like, 
Yeah, eight weeks. Know. Think about that now. I can't even think about that now. Eight weeks. But seven seconds, man. They were like their um, their melodies are incredible, man. Yeah. Fucking one of my favorite bands for sure. But yeah, the Nine the Red Balloons and then Yeah, as a kid I remember like that whole fuck jock thing we came from I hate sports. Right. I hate yeah, sports. Yeah, yeah. sports. Yeah. You know, all that shit, I you know. Well yeah, since yeah. you're you're a pop you're a pop punk, obviously you know all about it. I feel that you know, descend obviously Ramones, but I think with descendants are like one of the first like poppy love songs and punk kind of yeah. right in a sense i mean the, the the challenge for me a you're east coast guy yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's yeah. like so the challenge for and you're young and you're younger than me too so a little bit um a little bit, yeah. but but for me it, it was like i mean descendants were the first pop punk band ever i mean in my book it was God, judge so much about the way everyone like the way people looked and yeah. it was like such a like the way people dressed and and as much as like i mean i want to be sedated it's an amazing i mean one of the greatest songs ever but just the long hair and the jeans like always threw me off a little bit you know because mm-hmm. you know when i was a kid like all that stuff already existed like the clash existed yeah so i saw what the clash looked like and i'm like I want to look like that. They look like a gang. Yeah. They look like they're in a gang straight <laughs> up. Did. Warriors I, type shit. Yeah. yeah. And I like, I want to look like that. And, and, um, and so the Ramones image always just threw me and it's, and, and I know that, but as a kid, you know, you're judging everything. And yeah. You're like, what, what is it I want to be? And so you know, descendants for sure. Um, they were the band that started all yeah, of all man. of the, the movement that I'm in. Yeah, they were the first the band. love songs, the farting, just everything, man. Yeah, yeah stuff yeah. they talked about on the records. all that shit. Way. I fell in love with like the whole hardcore. I was like, this. It was one of the first albums I ever bought. Okay, yeah. I, I don't want to grow that. up. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say that to Milo yeah, here. He yeah. was sitting where you were, and I was yeah. just like, yo, if it wasn't for you, man, somebody <laughs> it just puts me right back in my bedroom, like. Putting it on, just like oh my god, yeah. Flipping it over again, again, yeah. again. Listening because it wasn't. I mean, because it's like I mean, Bill Stevenson played in both Black Flag and yes, and, yes. Right. and it's like to have that flip side of like, I mean, that's oh, the that's that was true. the great thing about like eighties yeah. punk rock is like you had so much diversity. You know what oh, I mean? Because yeah. I mean, yeah, I never saw Black Flag as a kid. They were one of the bands that I missed, but all the stories that I, that I heard was like people taping razor blades on their combat boots and just like Damn. swinging chains around yeah, in the pit yeah. and just like the violence, you know. And I'm sure that there was like because you York, grew, you grew yeah, up with York. all the New York hardcore, same shit, yeah. And I'm sure it, it was, was chains real. and all this stuff. But you ever see Minor Threat? That's something I wish I saw. Oh, yeah, I wish. That's the only one I really missed. Never Threat, saw Minor man. Threat either. Minor Threat and Black Flag would have been yeah. sick to see. Definitely. Were they the band that changed it for you, Minor Threat? For sure. Minor Threat for sure, man. Minor Threat, uh, Seven Seconds. Those are my two. Circle Jerks too, though. I love that too. And Dead Kennedys. Are you going to go see Circle Jerks in Ventura? I'm down. Yeah, they're playing soon, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. next month, I think. I'm totally Them down. Them and Adolescents. Ooh. Oh, I saw him with Joey C. It was fucking incredible, man. Yeah. Joey's in the band? Joey yeah. C's a drummer. Yeah, incredible, Yeah, yeah he man. played with Dave Kushner. Oh, really? They were, they were in Wasted Youth together. Oh, yeah, Wasted Youth. That's right. Wasted Youth. He's in the Bronx, too, as well. That's right. Yeah. so many bands. Joey's amazing. He's amazing. He's drama. such a badass. Amazing yeah. guy. And then, okay, so there's so many. So there's Open Your Eyes, which is also the name of a Warzone record, which I thought was pretty cool. <laughs> for you guys. So, real quick, about, about your dad. Oh. Wait, so, when you have a song, is your. Your parents come around going, "Holy shit, he's he's in L.A. He's, he's doing it!" Up. Like, were they proud? They're excited to see you perform. They. I think there was a there was a moment that I mean, because I, I, my trajectory went from working for six dollars an hour to not having to work anymore because I was on tour, but I didn't yeah. have, I didn't have a place to live. I was homeless. So you know, when you're touring as yeah. much as I mean, we played. I think we played 385 shows in, in 96, which was a Guinness, Guinness Book of World's record right here. Guinness Book of World's wow. record. We made it. 
crazy. We made it in there for 385 shows in 96. Dude. So we played a lot of shows and I've done, I mean, it's like, I, I'm going to have my third surgery on my knee next week. Actually, I'm getting, I had, I, uh, I mean, I've done so much damage from being out there touring, you know, I herniated a disc in my neck. I've got so many stitches from, you know, just doing what you do when you watch people like Angelo, you're like, you've got to go, you've got to go off. I mean, that's, that's the whole gist of what you do when you're on stage. And so played all those shows, but it wasn't really until, um, like I got my job at Warner brothers, A&R at Warner brothers. That's when things real that's when my dad kind of like looked at me as okay it's not because you know he'd come see goldfinger play and we, and i'd just be like you know like we're talking about you're like, yeah radio, dad you're like fart radio yeah all <laughs> ah, that, the, all that ah, shit. but it was just all the the jokey like ah, okay. the funny shit because our drummer would dress up like britney spears and do some jokey thing and and do all that <laughs> stuff you know and <laughs> and he put a twi- he'd put a twinkie in his ass right oh, like boy. halfway okay. through the set he'd put a twinkie in his ass have someone from the crowd come eat it out of his ass Hello. like Holy halfway through fuck. our it was the worst ever it was <laughs> and i'd, I'd leave i'd, I'd leave stage go drink water and just like when's this darren when's this moment going to be over he's like, it was Could like you please not do this with my that happened every coming. night every <laughs> night and it was i mean look so your dad got to see that it was like <laughs> my dad saw that so it wasn't it wasn't like congratulations john right, feldman okay, i'm proud like, of you he like, would oh, yeah. see the twinkie shit and be like all right whatever so it wasn't really until i got my <laughs> i got my job. gig at, at, at so warner, warner brothers. brothers yeah yeah i mean it started at, it started at, at maverick when i signed this band messed and yep. then I signed Show Off, and then I signed Story of the Year, and then Whew. Maverick went away, and that's when I signed, you know, The Used and Foxy Shazam, and I signed a bunch of bands to Warner Brothers under Tom Wally. So, so when did that Fuck. even come about? Like, I'm trying to get the trajectory here from like, our producing. So Goldfinger, then you were like. So was there a, like okay the band is done or we, we played Fireside Bowl in, in Chicago Ooh. and Great this band Show Off opened for us and I'm like these guys are fucking sick I remember okay. that band. I loved that band they're from Chicago yep. gave me their little demo cassette and I listened to it on the plane ride back home and I'm like God this is terrible like this the way that I saw them right, right. and the way that they sounded were I was just totally disconnected right and so I just knew I could make them better wow and so I flew them to L A and that was the first band that you I flew them. I flew like- them myself. I just flew them out there. I did the demo. I had Lisa Johnson take photos. Yeah, I had her Lisa take Johnson. photos of, of the band. Shout out to Lisa. And um, I just made like a little homemade video and stuff and just shopped it to a bunch of labels. And and, and Maverick was the one that signed it. And that's how, that's how it started. It became like something that I knew I could help them. Like I knew I could right. help show off, be a better band. Right. And that's, that was my whole, the genesis of all of it. You know, it wasn't like I, I had a goal of being a I producer. Okay. I just yeah. knew I could make them better right yeah that was it that's incredible so maverick were like okay you brought this to us you brought that to him i signed him no no and then i found another band from chicago messed i did the same thing i flew them out signed them and then we signed them to maverick and that's when guy osiri said i'm gonna you know want you to be a and r that's incredible so it came pretty naturally then you're like to see your love of music and sound it just, yeah. it just, it just happened, man. It was all, I was just trying to be a service and trying to be, how, how can I help young that's artists? Incredible. I mean, that's, that's awesome. how it started. And then it ended up creating a career for me. And you started wow. your own label. Was you a big noise label? Yeah. So I have a label now with, uh, Still, yeah. with John Cohen, um, who started Vagrant. Yeah. I remember Vagrant Records. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vagrant Records. So he's my, he's my partner with Nick Rose. Is that Rich Egan over there? Um, was that's Rich? right. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. He was the other partner at Vagrant. Yeah. Yeah. They were legendary, man. They signed every emo band of all everybody, time. Everybody, man. Dashboard Confessional and Get Up Kids and just everybody. Saves they the were... day. There was a bunch of bands on there, man. Take It Back Sunday, maybe. 
Yeah, they were they were amazing. So I, I partnered with him and we started and we have, yeah, we have the used signed to us. We have Mod Sun. We have we got a bunch of really great artists. But you the know? used, the used. I mean, I'm gonna run through this real quick, but then we will get to some of these. But just some of the bands you've done: All Time Low, Good Charlotte, Five Seconds of Summer, Panic at the Disco, Corn, Three Eleven, Ashley Simpson, Hillary Duff, Avril Lavigne, the newest one we'll talk about: Papa Roach, Ashley Tisdale, Mandy Moore, Real Big Fish, obviously Goldfinger, Sayosin, Plain White Tees, Four Year Strong, All Time Low, Stick to Your Guns, My Boys, Sleeping with Sirens, Disturbed, did two songs with them, Jeez. Fever Three Three Three, Godsmack, co-wrote songs with them. And it's like just reading that is probably not everything, but is there somebody that you, you would still love to work with? Yeah, man, of course. There's like always. Hip, did you do hip hop stuff too? Um, I mean, you got Mod Son. He's hip hop vibe. I right? feel like yeah. Juice World is right up my alley yeah. just because it's guitar driven mm. and it's like you know melody and it's melody yeah. first. I'm all about melody. But oh, wait, Trey, you Escape to Fate. Fuck, man. So much shit. Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah. I working with this this kid Josiah. He's on Atlantic. He's a he's a rapper. He's amazing. Um, this kid Garzy. Like I definitely like. I like the melodic side of yeah. hip hop. I'm just you know. And then Bryce Vine. Is his name Bryce. Bryce Vine. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was my uh, my roommate. He was, was your roommate. Yeah. Bryce was. Yeah. When did you live with him? In what? LA, in L. A. When I first moved to L. A. Are you fucking serious? I'm dead serious. Did you know about his music and stuff? Just from like my roommates were just like yo. You know that he's uh, up and coming. Like, <laughs> really? And then Bryce would just like dip in, like, "Hey, what's up?" And then he'd be out. Fuck. And I just watched him like. He's a legend. Up. He's really Damn. good. Really talented guy. Yeah, he's a really sweet. He used guy. to be in a pop punk band, so we've been doing. He some, did? We've been doing some pop punk stuff together. Him and I. What yeah. band? Um, I forget what they were called. They were uh, Westlake Village. They never really did. Okay. Like, yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, he's but a the, rad but, dude. So, so the you shit that that was so that first record, man, fucking massive, man. And did you find you found those guys? Yeah, that changed sense? my life, man. Changed my life. Like Bert, Bert snuck on our bus. We played Salt Lake City, and he snuck on our bus with his demo cassette. And like he was so wasted. And our tour manager just said, "Who's this fucking kid?" He was nineteen at the time. Like Kurt Cobain vibe. Yeah, just super like dirty and yeah. like long hair. Talented man. And he just man. threw his cassette, and our tour manager picked him up and just literally threw him out of the bus. <laughs> just. You heard the used out. before? Wow, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. The singer of the used, and uh, wow. and I was like, whatever. Whatever. I listen to every demo. I always yeah, listen I love every that. single time. Because most people they throw it. You know, people listen to shit on tour. Yeah, yeah. And I listen to it the next day, and I'm like, holy shit! I've never heard anyone. Because I knew that you know AFI existed. I knew. Yes. Um, I mean, I knew that there was music like this that it, that it had existed. Yeah. Poison the well, but I never well. heard anyone sing like Michael Jackson. Like, you know, refused had made that classic album you know, shape of punk to come. Yes. And it was like, so I knew that I'd heard all that, but when I heard Bert sing, I'm like, holy shit. Cause he could scream like the best of them. Insane. I mean like violent throwing up screaming. Yeah. But then he had that like beautiful, high, voice, beautiful, like, um, soaring Michael Jackson voice. And I'm like, I called him the next day and I said, dude, this is incredible. Like they didn't have, they didn't really have the, the hooks that, that it existed later on, yeah. but they just had that essence of what they were going to become. Is this before, this is before good Charlotte, obviously. Um, this was after I met those boys. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I actually, we were talking about surfing. I took I took the Good Charlotte boys surfing. First time they came to LA. It was oh, like really? I, I took them out to Sunset <laughs> and they were just, you know, from the East Coast kind yes. of floundering around, not knowing what. And it was a big day. It was probably five, six foot. And they wow. were just like, they didn't know what to do. They, I scared the shit out of them, I think, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was right after. It was probably right, right around the same time, you know, yeah. that, that, I, that I was working with Good Charlotte. But, but it was like I found... Um, 
I just I, I I found Bert, and I just knew that I I knew that there was something different than the other bands because most of the bands I'd work with were were very pop punk, you know, specific. Yeah, yeah. And these guys were like different. Totally. It was like Screamo didn't really exist, and Bert Bert discovered Gerard from My Chemical Romance. I mean, they became friends. And okay. So Bert signed after I signed them to Warner Brothers. Bert signed My Chemical Romance, and so it started this whole thing. No way. Bert, did, Bert was the one that signed him. So it's like, and that whole scene wow. started. And it was like that whole tour. The t- what was it called? Taste of Chaos. Taste of Chaos. Yeah, it was yeah. Story of the Year, My Chemical Romance, and the Used were headlining, Ooh. and it was like, and that whole thing was just. Um, and, Explo- and even exploded. to this day, man, people are still like, you know, bands still sound like that that kind of screamo, yeah. post hardcore thing is still such a big sound. Yeah, but fuck, man, the lifestyle is record too, man. Jesus, bro. So and good. you did co-writing with that? Yeah, too, yeah. Right? I co-wrote um, the anthem um, <sighs> with the boys, which is still one of their biggest songs, you know. And it was, but you know, oh, again, that that band was like, you know, very, very. I mean, they're so good, but they're very pop punk, you know. Where yes. I mean, when I when that sound came, when the use came, it's just I knew that it was going to change, like the way radio sounded, you know, because yeah, they were. It was so different. I just never heard anything like it. Yeah, what, a taste of ink. Taste of Ink was their their single, yes, their single. Yes. Yeah, it's worth again. You even yeah, so good. It's awesome. His voice is so man. so good. So that immediately blew up when that came out. Yeah, too, they as changed well. my life, and that's how that's how I became the producer that I am today. Is mm. because of the used for sure. Oh, wow. Like I would never, uh, you know. And it's like all these moments in my life, like working with Tommy Lee or getting signed at the record store or whatever. But I mean, without the used, I, I mean, no one's gonna. I mean, master show off that wasn't gonna happen. It was gonna be. You know, the use, I needed to find that one. Did it solidify you thing. as a producer, put your name on the map? Like, not just, you did a couple of these things and these things in Goldfinger, but this record is fucking. Yeah, the bass player yeah. of uh, Five Seconds of Summer has a used tattoo on his forearm, like from wow. their second album. I mean, that band influenced so many people, yeah. you know, to start a band and just to, to play music. I don't, I mean, that record still to this day, I listen to it. I'm going to go, man, I'm so proud of what we did with that record. Fuck yeah. Was that pretty, that was platinum pretty fast that record? That went platinum really fast. Yeah, that yeah. was like um, it just blew up, you know. But they were on, but they they had their own set of issues. Every band has issues, of you know. Like the singer dated Kelly Osbourne. I remember that. Yeah, and uh, and then they and then he cheated on her. <laughs> Fuck man, and, Fuck, and man. so Sharon Osbourne oh. ran everything Ooh. so they got kicked off of oz fest they got kicked off the radio oh, she's like this kid broke my daughter's heart they're done you oh know my what I mean? god like, i remember that shit yeah it was wild and it really were she really had that power she yeah. was i mean she's a legend a legend you know and it was like so it's like a a huge bump in the road where we're all just like going up 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 and then this happens and it's like but you know you're only human whatever everyone's only human and people make mistakes you know holy shit dude and then I, I, I guess the Good Charlotte record was probably bigger, bigger than the used. No, Good Charlotte, um, so that record was so big, man. I mean, I, like I don't know how five many single five, videos on like there, dude. four or five times platinum. Yeah, that was huge, man. And um, yeah, those kids, those kids changed. I mean, it was like it was a, a whole lifestyle with that band, you know, yeah. the whole thing. And they're just they're superstars, the two of them, you know. Yeah, I remember them on that. I think it was a New Found Glory tour that was flip flopping who headlined and they both had songs on the radio and just like 
Fuck, it was like yeah. the Honda Civic Tour or something. Yeah, it's funny because I went to see them at the um, at the Palace when that used to be a venue, and it was like, oh yeah, I um, the Palace, yeah, yeah, and they and they were opening for MXPX. Good Charlotte was opening on their first album, opening for MXPX wow. back then, and and that's how I met my Carrera, who's now the bass player for Goldfinger, which is like a full, interesting, okay, full circle kind of thing, you know. And uh, oh, and the, did you do the first or you did the second one? You did the first. On Good Char- the Good Charlotte, I, yeah. I only co-wrote. Eric Valentine did, did the second album, okay. and then I did their fourth album. And and uh, and but I but I just been a co-writer, just like a collaborator with them. Yeah, because I remember they had their first one too. I forgot they had, they had a single off that one too. Fuck, I forgot what it was. So so you didn't do After Lifestyles. You didn't do other records with them after that. I, no, after that I did. I, I worked on. I wrote that song with them. The I just want to live. Oh, you did. I co-wrote that song. Wow. And then that was uh, up the double record, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Chronicles of Life and yes. Death, I think, or something. And then I produced the record after that. Yeah. Wow, man. And then from then, just nonstop producing, man. Every nonstop. Yeah, yeah. And it's weird how wow. things like everything kind of connects. Like I said, it's like, you know, I, I feel like in my life, I've just shown up. I've just, I've just said yes to everything. I just mm. say yes. And I show up and it's like, as long as I'm there, yeah. it's like thinking about things is so much more difficult than actually doing things. Like mm-hmm. once you kind of get there and do it, it's like with anything, with yeah. working out or with playing a show, if you're, you know, when you're deathly ill on the road, you're like, I'm never going to be able to play. But then you, you, you just get it. up there and you yeah. just play anyway. It just, it just yeah. works. You know, I've just found that to be true. Like I, I found that kind of Mod son and then, yeah. you know, he started dating Avril and now I'm, you know, I'm producing the record with Mod son We're doing this, the Avril album comes out in like three months and it's like, you know, yeah. She's a legend. And he did the like, Bite Me single I did with the Travis. Bite Me single with Travis, yeah. So cool. And it's like, you know, being able to produce um, the uh, California uh, Blink-182 album. That's another was, one. Yeah, it was like huge. I mean, it was, you know, because... They got Bl- nominations for that? It was yeah, a, we got a was, Grammy nomination yes. for that album, and it was just so amazing to work with Blink. And, uh, you know, because we had done Snowcore. It was yeah. us headlining Real Big Fish opening, and then Blink-182 was the opener opener, Damn. you know, back in the... I remember when, Snow Course. Yeah, yeah. yeah when it, back then, so I'd, I, I had known those dudes forever, and then we took, we took the Aquabats on tour for a long time and that's how I met Travis was when he was okay. in the Aquabats and we let him ride on the bus with us and he was just a legend and I've just known yeah. Travis forever and so when they were looking for a producer Travis just tweeted at me he's like dude what's up bro and it was like we just met up at Crossroads it's fucking awesome and, dude. and uh, you know and then I produced their last two albums it's California just, what's the other one called uh, uh, nine yeah that's right nine yeah I did the last two and you yeah. worked with Skiba too yeah I remember he's telling Skiba's me Skiba's the yeah, best man. he's the fucking best he's a good songwriter too good melodies good yeah he's man. good at everything great singer great guitar yeah. player he's just a legend yeah so is that is that interesting to work with a band you know that you know Blink-182 but now you're working with a version with a different singer it's interesting it is interesting because it's like I don't know if you watch the Beatles documentary but it's like the dynamic that the four of the Get Back documentary but the four okay. of them that they had in the studio and how they all kind of and I, I had never worked with them so so I didn't know what it was like, you know, to have, you know, what Tom would have been like to yeah. have worked with. And it was like, you know, kind of having a key member leave and then having a new guy. It was like the whole dynamic shifted. But yeah, I mean, Travis, Travis was really the, um, I mean, he was the thread that drove the ship. I mean, he's such like a, he's the hardest working guy I've ever met in, is, my, in my life, you know, and, and Hoppus may be the, the nicest, one of the most talented guys I've ever worked with. So it just, it just, we settled in and we just yeah. got, got this flow. I'd have an idea and I'd, I'd play it for Mark and he'd be like, Oh, this is great. I play it for Matt. And they'd be, they'd, they'd be like, they either don't like it or they like it. And we'd start with an idea and then mm-hmm. we would just kind of go. Yeah. But, um, you guys did a lot of songs too, man. Yeah, we did like, I, I think I'm like keep 45 like, yeah, dude. for California. It was Fuck. wild. Wow. So that's cool. crazy. So these guys would come to you 
before they had anything written or they had like half. We would start with nothing. With scratch, nothing. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's, scratch. That's it's so yeah. different, right? Yeah. It's very, very different. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, I think they, they had a bunch of stuff started, but they all knew that it wasn't. Right. It wasn't as good as it needed to be. See, is it like an everyday thing? Like go in every day, just jam a little. I try and write a song a day. Okay. I wow. try to. I try and write a song a day. I try and I feel like it's a muscle, you know, and, and writing writing songs is something that like and it's like I don't know. I I, I also feel like every songwriter kinda has three songs that they write. I've got my dark song, my <laughs> happy song, and then I've got my ballad. Ballad, you know? yeah. <laughs> Those are the three ballad, and, and they're all ballad. different keys. I'll capo the guitar so I can fake that it's different. But it's like, you know <laughs> I mean songs are about concepts, right? Concepts yeah. and like what you're you know, what you're singing about. So that's always different. Have you ever had a ballad? For H2O. No, man. I don't think we have. No, I never had. <laughs> That's been like a, a dream of, of ours. To have a a sepatoro ballot? Yeah, like Andreas. Would you sing? Like, and I. Hell yeah. I know you can I was sing. Like, I was I... like, we got to do one. Like in our existence as musicians, mm -hmm. we have to someday have one. Ballot. Do they all speak Portuguese in the band? Yeah. And do you? Yeah. But I a mean. Portuguese ballot would be kind of sick. No, I'm not okay. doing it in Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> that you would be a that? challenge. I would love to do a song in Portuguese, but not. The ballad. Yeah. That we keep talking about, like, ballad yeah. someday, bro. Someday. Yeah. That's like a goal for you. Yeah. Was the Black great. Album the first ballad Metallica's? Ooh, I think do? so, too. No, uh, Wasn't it? No. Oh, no, no. It was uh, uh, one. one. It was one. one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first video. And, and but it's still, it's not really a ballad because it turns into the... True, into a heavy... Have you ever, you ever seen that Metallica Jams video or whatever it's called, the Shreds, the video with For One? Remember when they did all those Shreds video where they oh, had yeah, different... Oh, yeah, I know you're talking about. Different, like, the, the one... It's so good, the... the <laughs> That part yeah. of the song, it's like they have it all me. off. Yeah, absolute horror. That was so good. But yeah. I that made me so a fan. I never liked it. Yeah. And it's incredible because that made so many people a fan at the same time. Me too. Killed, killed the love that the hardcore fans ah. had. They were like, "Fuck this! They're <laughs> fucking sellouts of video on MTV." So they won more than they lost. I remember they won that. More and, I mean, they lost a lot. That was a heavy. Even video. with that album, they're just like people are like, "Nah, this, this is man, man, so so, Damn. fucking Cliff." This is bullshit. Like hard, hardcore. Mm -hmm. The same time with Black Album, they went into that and it just like killed it. Yeah, I love. It. I like that's why I respect too. them because I was like. Damn, they were like, fuck you. We're doing our own shit. They I love the so bands do that. Hate. I love that too. And I was like, they got so much hate at the same time, so much love. You can only know? make the same record over and over yeah. so many times. Maybe they have to change it up, you know? It just goes back to building character. It's like, I'm sure you've played shows where people are not, you know, you're having to earn fans one totally. at a time when you're opening for other bands. But I like that challenge too, though. I like winning people over, trying to. You yeah. Know? I think that character is so important. That's what I'm talking about with these bands or like, or artists are like, I don't want to go on tour. I just want to have a million streams. Where's the building of that character? Is what you know, and that's mm. some people that's are really sensitive. And I think because people are so glued to their phone, it's like because. And I was just thinking about a friend of mine got semi canceled, and and I was just thinking like to have that to ju be that judgmental about people that you know how judgmental must they be about themselves? Like these kids that yeah, are like saying right. you're doing this wrong, you're doing this True. wrong, and you're canceled. How do they feel about themselves? You're absolutely right. You know, it's got to yeah. be it's mm. got to be tough. You know, because at least when we were all growing up, I mean, you're in 
there, you're in a collective group of people that are all singing the same words to the same songs. True. That changed right. our lives. Oh, yeah. And 100%. we're all in there together. And now people are isolated and just like looking at looking yeah. at screens and looking at their phones. It's just a very different kind of mentality. Absolutely. Did you get more creative during the pandemic? Like just working and writing stuff? And yeah. I mean, I knew instantly when I, when, you know, right when it happened, when, I, you know, there was a couple of weeks where I was like, are we all going to die? You know, when <laughs> yeah, we, none of us knew what was going to happen. Too, yeah, all or, of us. Uh, what are we going to, what's going to happen? And, uh, and then when I realized I wasn't going to die, uh, I started making these videos, these like quarantine videos for Goldfinger. And we did, mm, we, I think we, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. put out like five or six videos and it was like, um, we put out like Superman has like 12 million views or something wow. crazy. Like a lot of people just grabbing. I knew I had to do something because mm. if I'm not being creative, I'm see that I can see that I'm yeah. fucking depressed and, okay. if I, and I don't want to live like that. I got kids, man. I want to yeah. live. I got to be like, you know, my whole regime. I mean, the morning, like I'm cold shower, I'm cold plunge in the pool. I mean, I'm like, you know, I, I, I say, I love my life every day. No, whether I mean it or I don't mean it. I say, <laughs> I love my life as loud as I can. Stay positive. I, I love stay. It, yeah. I mean, it's like I have a whole regime I do every single morning. And nice. It's like that's amazing. If I if I didn't have that during quarantine, the beginning of, I didn't have these videos to focus on. Yeah. To like put together and edit and, and film. It's like I would have gone crazy. I needed to do some shit. But I've written so many. I've done so many albums during quarantine. I mean, we're pretty much in the pandemic, and you did the Avril song during that. So that's something. I did. The, I did yeah. that. Yeah. I remember her first day. She came with her mask on. She's like, I'm singing the whole day in my mask. I'm like. Oh, she, and then she's like, I'm just kidding. And then she took uh, yeah, off her I mask. Was be like, no, I feel like, no, you're not. Well, it's like, it's like, what would you do? That'd we were like talking to producer's nightmare. You'd be like, are you kidding me? Right? We were talking, I, I had Jason Ellis here the other day. We were talking to Jess. He does the cold plunges. You've been starting to take cold showers. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to get into it, man. I heard it's really good for you. Great man. for testosterone. Great for clearing your mind. Great for depression. Great for like just clearing, just getting waking up. It's the whole thing. Yeah. So you take cold showers every day? Every day. I have a pool too. It's 50 degrees. So I, I don't heat it. I just I just jump in the pool for three minutes. It's so you, great for my man, joints. How long do you stay in the shower for when it's cold? Uh, three minutes. Okay. Yeah. Fuck, I'm gonna it's try. Really, I'm gonna start timing just myself. Do like just do like thirty seconds. Yeah. Start start, start small. small. Yeah. yeah. That's what it's I so good. Just build it up. Especially you'll get, you'll yeah. Get used to it. It's good so, for your boners too. Yeah. yeah so that <laughs> so that so that's your regimen every day. That's your daily every thing. Day. And, and, I see, and, and I see you boxing too with Glenn Holmes. I box with Glenn yeah, like twice cool. a week. I yeah. love it so I see much. You doing Do you know that. Glenn? Yeah, he's awesome. Super awesome. I met yeah. through Travis a long time ago. Yeah. I see you boxing with him. That's great, man. He's a, he's a really, really good dude. Yeah. We, we're, yeah, we're twi twice a week, no matter what. It's like I said, man, I, there's like what what other option is there? It's I know. like there's It's like what am I going to do? Like wallow in any sort of like thoughts of, of, of some horrible future or am I going to be in a, you know, po with a positive attitude? There's, totally, there's no man. other way. Yeah. You know, this, the, I mean, I, I, ins I absolutely insist on enjoying life. Yeah. You know, and it's like my, my default is cynicism. My default is negativity. So I have to i have to flip the whole script and that's why i do the cold showers that's why I, yeah I, that's why i say i love my life even when i want to you know kill my kids or my wife i'm like i'm like i love my life you know and, it, and it's like yeah. funny i start laughing i'm like oh shit i remember this one day i was like i was like god i, I was like you know i i had um my job went away at warner brothers because tom wally got fired so i got fired and i was Fuck. like we were living up in the hills in, in Hollywood and I just, I would sell our house and I had to move to the Valley, dude. It was like, okay. <laughs> I remember I talked to someone, I'm like, dude, I got to move to the Valley. And he's like, the Valley, that's where dreams go to die. 
why is what he said to me. I'm like, oh shit, are you kidding me? And I was driving up the 405 one day and I was like, literally, I was so depressed. I was Damn. like, man, I don't know anybody out here. I got no friends. I'm like, just loser. What's going to happen with my career? Everyone was like, dude, you should be a DJ, bro. Like it was when all that like Skrillex yeah. was happening yeah. and, and there were and people were like, you should be DJ Felchman, bro, or whatever, like you know, yeah. joking around. And I'm driving up the 405 this one day and I, um, and I was talking to, you know, one of my mentors and I'm like, dude, I just, I'm just so depressed. And I dropped the call and I call him back and he's like, Oh, I thought you killed yourself. Cause he drives oh. AT&T. He's like, just, <laughs> he's like, and he says, I don't care how you feel when you wake up in the morning, I want you to raise your arms to the sky and say, I mm. love my life. Whether you're homicidal, suicidal, just, I want you just to take this contrary action. And in my mind, I'm like, it's never going to work. I'm like, it's never going to work. I'm not going to trick myself. And so this one day I just decided, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I was interviewing this kid that was going to intern for me. And he shows up a half hour early, of course. So I'm by myself facing the front, the back, back wall. And I'm like, I love my life. And I look over and then there's a 17 year old kid. He's right there. He's like, I love my life too. You know, he didn't know it. He didn't get the job, but it's like, you know, um, it was just like, that was the first step. And it was yeah. like, and I felt like, I, I felt like lifted it was the first step out of that dark hole that i was in mm. of like what is it because it can't just be like i'm gonna i'm gonna be a positive guy there has to be an action like i have to live a life of action yeah. it can't just be you know of, of course a thought has to precede the action i have to think i'm gonna say i love my life and then actually say it i have to think it first yeah but i still have to do it for me i have yeah. to take the action and that's what all this other stuff is boxing cold plunges that. yeah man. all that shit yeah, and what you so obviously you were vegan for a while, and now you you're not anymore, and you were on and off. Or I was vegan for 15 years, and yeah. it was it was fucking awesome, and it was like, and it's, and it's you know, and and thanks for bringing it up. It's 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 tough. I eat fish now, and uh -huh. um, and I was you know. I mean, I was that guy. I was that guy with the video. You were hardcore, I, man. I would like, you know, show <laughs> the, the, I mean, the, the, you know, the, what, how a calf is used for veal. Yeah, and man. I'd have the videos everywhere. I wouldn't sit with you if you ate cheese. I was, he was wow. hardcore. Man. I was oh the, God. I was Jeez. like the gnarliest Jeez. vegan police of all time. <laughs> like the, just the worst, you oh, know, when you're oh, like, you just dived yeah. in head first. I just, yeah. I was, I was really, I was in it. And, and, um, was you your know, family vegan too at that time? Uh, my wife was vegan. My okay. dog, my son was vegan. And, um, yeah. And, and, and we made this video. I wrote this song called free me, which is on open your eyes. And it's like, uh, an animal rights song. And, and, you know, Ingrid, who became one of my good friends from, uh, PETA, yeah. Ingrid Newkirk, you know, she told me at the time when I made this video that that video turned more people vegetarian than anything in, wow. the, in the history of the movement. Wow. The video that I made that had all this animal slaughter, slaughterhouse footage and crazy That's fucking shit. Amazing, and it was man. like, uh, so I know that I, I you um, made a difference for sure. I man. made it. I made a difference. Uh, I yeah. know. I know I did. And, uh, and I still feel like I'm an animal rights activist. I, I just, uh, did you see Spiracy? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I gotta watch it. I know. I know. I know. Fuck. I think. I think that could bring you back okay. if you see well, that. All right. All right. Yeah, all right. It's fucking yeah. Because then I heard like, is it you had a Pinkberry machine in your house? <laughs> is that true? It's not true. Okay. But, uh, okay. But because um, I heard people having Starbucks, but I heard someone say, "Oh, John Feldman's got a Pinkberry machine." Like years ago, I was like, "Oh, really? That's crazy." Yeah. No. There was a moment. <laughs> there was a moment where I was. Uh, I, I, I had, um, you know, during, it was that whole time when, when that job went away and I'm like, what am I going to do with my, 
with my life and everything was like, you know, EDM. And, uh, <laughs> and so I went and I invested in, 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 in pink berries. I had, to, I had to actually, yeah, I had right. to work at a pink berry. I had to put on the pink berry outfit what? with my, uh, with the hat, the whole thing. I had to learn how to cut strawberries and do the whole thing. And it was just, uh, Holy it, shit. Was, uh it was, uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was a crazy part of my life, you know, not knowing like, am I going to be a yogurt salesman now? You know, but, uh, thank God. But you still with the band and you were producing, I was right? still in the band and yeah. producing, yeah. but it was like rock music was like, I don't know if you guys remember when I was like, oh, rock is dead, rock yeah. is, and all that shit. But then five Shut seconds, <laughs> yeah, five seconds of summer came along and changed everything. So wow. it was like, there's always something. It's like, that's the thing is like, you just got to wait. And sometimes during those times off when I'm not working, like maybe the universe is trying to have me just maybe just chill out and practice, yeah. practice right. meditation more. Did you do the Ashley Simpson big songs? One of those songs or was that? Um, I did Ashley Simpson's. Uh, I did that record. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I was working on that record. I didn't. The one write, she I didn't. I, SNL? I think pieces of me. Yeah. That, <laughs> that poor girl. You man. did pieces I of watched, me. I watched her just go through that. Um, I mean, yeah. She was such like a light, and that just took it out of her. And it's so funny. You were working with her then. Yeah, I was working with her then. Wow. All those. Um, every artist sings to track now. Mm, I mean, yeah. it's just what it is. Yeah, every artist right. sings to track. And back then, I guess they did. They didn't. I guess. And, okay. And she just uh, got so much shit. Wow. For singing the track, yeah. so you did pieces of me. I didn't do that one okay. song, but I, did, I worked on that record. Wow! Every artist. And then Jessica Simpson, you worked with, yeah. I didn't work with Jessica. I worked with Ashley Tisdale. Oh, Ashley Tisdale. Worked, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. And Mandy um, Moore. I worked with Mandy Moore. I worked with uh, um, Hillary, Hillary Duff. Duff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did her. Is that when she was with the Good Charlotte? When she was. Yeah, when she was with ben, uh, wow. Joel. Wow. Yeah, she was Damn. great, man. She was such a sweet. Um, really little though. Like I actually had to get two microphone stands to get to all the way down to how what? How, how how short she was. She wow! Was, like so little. I remember that. And then and what Pop Roach stuff do you do? Um, I did a song called Swing, and I did I did late stuff later on. I, okay, did, I yeah. didn't work on Last Resort or that first record. But God, I love those dudes. Yeah. So Jacoby's such a great guy. Super posy and passionate. Yeah, yeah. Super posy. And then the Corn guys were cool. Corn. They were great. So I used to share. So Lovehog shared a rehearsal space with a band called LAPD, which turned into Corn, and oh, so that's okay. that's how I met those dudes. And so we were all we were super tight homies. I've just known them forever. We took them, like I said, uh, the Lovehogs took Corn out on their first tour. <laughs> crazy. Everybody, else. I know, know. Pro Jam Rage. It was great. Oh, that Corn tour was amazing because they were like what album? Um, the, for this is before their first album, before oh, they were signed. Wow. Yeah, like wow. so it was just Blind was that right. that was like that era, you know. But it was like I don't know if you saw them play back then but they just would just clean oh, yeah. up and mm. we had to play after them and it was the worst <laughs> <laughs> this is i can see i can see i'm going yeah, it's like, yeah. and everyone's just i, I saw that because they opened up for sick of it all right corn opened for sick of it all. i was on that tour and i saw corn Delu- I mean, and what it. album did you work on? i worked on their last album okay, so okay. Like, this is like album eight. Oh, Jeez. Okay. yeah yeah wow, wow. and 311 too i like 311 i did the last two albums they're talented yeah, yeah, i, I yeah, like yeah. that band dude yeah, they're I, sweet. I don't want to say guilty pleasure because I don't give a fuck, but yeah. And then what stick to your guns? Stick to that's your guns. Josh I James, did. my boy, Josh yeah. James. Yeah, that's, we did the record together, remember? Oh, you came in the studio. You sang this, on it. Oh, shit. Disobedient. Nah, that's disobedient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was I like, did RMA, RNA. RMA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's the last time I went to the studio with you. Yeah, <laughs> that was go. so okay. fun. Yeah, dude. I love that band, dude. Yeah, Jesse's Great band. the best. Um, Real Big Fish. Wow, that's another one. Yeah, too. I signed Real Big Fish. They were my first signing I ever did. I saw them play with the Skeletones, and it was like I watched their whole set, and they, they closed with that song, Sell, sell Out. Sell Out, yeah. They were like, Sell Out with well, me. And I was get, like, Dude, this companies, is a- they give lots of money. Wow, yeah, so you're part. Huge. Wow, so I dude. signed them to Mojo. 
So they were, they were my that, first, dude. that was my first band I ever signed. That was another big song. Fuck. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, I produced wow. that song for them. Aaron wrote the whole thing, but it was like, I mean, they had like this moment um, at the very end of the song where it went, yeah, yeah, yeah. It went to this punk beat and I had him change it to like this Motown beat and it was like it flipped the whole thing around. It Holy was, shit. It was so cool. Another one's kind of random. It seems like Disturbed and Godsmack. Very random. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> random. I want to say those don't fit in the kind of typical. I know, but that's still know. a challenge. That's cool you did yeah, that. I, mean, I remember I did, I did Disturbed and it was um, the <laughs> guitar they... player. It was the weird, like the singer had this heart condition. So he had to have a heart monitor on oh, his arm. Damn. David. And he was sitting on the, he would, he would lay on the couch and he wouldn't move because he was worried about getting his, keeping his heart, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the guitar player had gout on his foot oh my God. and it was like, I just remember looking at this, this band is thinking, how are you ever going to tour? Yeah. Like, how are you going to pull it off? Fuck. But um, That was a very, somebody passed away in that band, right? It's I don't think so. It wasn't disturbed. Oh, that was the other one. That the bodies hit the floor. Oh, that the bodies yeah, yeah, yeah. hit the, the floor. The singer, the singer okay, died. So in that I band. get those mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. He had disturbing. I mean, how did that even drowning come? pool? Drowning, drowning pool. pool. Yeah, yeah. So how did they even come together? That you're. I mean, disturbed? the use. The use was one of um, the guitar player for Disturbed's favorite band. So, okay. so, so the guitar player hit me up because he loved that first used record, and so he's like, "Dude, we got to work together." That's okay. cool. And um, and I was working at BMG. I was A and R at BMG at the time, and and. Uh, Godsmack was signed to BMG, so it just kind of—it was just one of those things that just happened. They were know? cool. That's cool. Um, Sully is the singer's name, I think, and he was—he introduced himself as being the male Adele. Wow. What? Yikes. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm not even Yo, FIBA three 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 is dope too, man. Yeah, I mean, Jason, I saw Travis putting them on. Like, posting about them a while ago. Yeah, yeah. So. Fever. Yeah, that, that was the first thing Travis and I really did together outside of Blink, and it was um, mm. and Jason was in Let Live. Okay, so yeah. Jason came to me one day. He was selling vegan cookies at Air One, and he's, wow. and he's like, "Dude, Let Live is done." Because I tried working with Let Live, but they were, you know, how some bands are just they get in their own way because they're yeah. so precious about every little yeah. dude. The hi hat sound, bro. The hi hat yeah. sound. I'm like. Who fucking cares? <laughs> like, I mean, I care, but yeah. it's like I don't care that much. And uh, and it was like, so I just didn't, I didn't click with Let Live. But Jason loved me, okay. And so Jason came up. And he's like, dude, I got it. I can't be selling cookies at Air One, bro. And wow. um, and and so especially twenty dollar cookies. And so Air One, pretty profitable. I called Travis that that second. I'm like, Travis, let's do this project. Let's have you play drums, okay? And then he got um, Eric and Proto from. Uh, Night verses, and then he got Stevis from the Chariot uh, okay. to to be Damn. his band, which was a legend. It became yeah, yeah, yeah. This legendary project. And was there a lost? Pro you had a lost profits record too, or no? <laughs> I did. Is that something? This is another thing that like the way. Remember, he, they remember that band? I remember the name. Yeah, yeah. The singer yeah. went to jail for the a long singer's, time. He's okay. in prison for, for life. Yeah, for, for bad things. For, Pet, pet, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, horrible things. Horrible. Yeah, things. yeah. But, but you did a record. I then. did a record that never came out. Okay. They they after I finished the record they said we're gonna reproduce the thing and I was devastated I spent what? all this I spent all this money time all this effort and they're like we're gonna redo the whole record and I wasted all this money I was so what? pissed Fuck. and then a year later a reason why a, a year later a year later the singer gets arrested for mm. for crystal meth and pe pedophilia and 
and and I'm not, and I had nothing to do with any of it. So it, yeah. everything happens for a reason. That was a fucking blessing, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. It was. I mean, you, I mean, the guys look. The, the other guys in the band were they're they're sweethearts. Totally. I know uh, those guys are nice. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's such a bummer that it, it had to look happen. it up. Look the story. I didn't want to mention it on no, my pod, but look, it's horrifying. It's fucking. Briefly, I got that, the gist. I mean, that band was like big band or like on the way to being big. I remember that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were huge in England. Um. So um, another question: Do you have any regrets? This is like a typical question I ask towards the end. You know, you have any regrets in your life? Um, we seen like a guy who had him and then went back and said, "I'm sorry, I did that shit." You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you, Craig Aronson, who was a legend that passed away of brain cancer, he signed mm-hmm. the used with me at Warner Brothers. He was I know that the guy's head, head of A and R. Begged me, like literally hands and knees, begged me to produce my chemical romance. <gasps> begged me, said, dude, you are the only guy I want to do. I want you to produce this band. Um, oh and I and, and Gerard wasn't sober yet. And he was and I went and I saw him in New Jersey and and I didn't get it. I was like, I, I just, wow, uh, you dude. know, and then Gerard got sober and everything clicked for that band. Everything clicked. You know, and Holy it was like shit. it all, and and so yeah, regrets. <laughs> Fuck yeah, <laughs> I got a, I got a couple. You know, Guy Siri also asked me to do Deftones as well, which oh I, my I, I would have. Uh, I love Deftones. Me it's too, just, man. Yeah. Shout out to Chino. He'll be listening. He listens to all episodes. Yeah, yeah. Love I Chino. love Chino. Which and, album? Um, that would have been album three, I think. That uh, wow, that I would have worked with them. And, Is that uh, White Pony? I was just I was just too busy. One. I remember I was like producing, you know, Story of the Year and the Used, and I was on tour, and I still thought Goldfinger was was meant to be like you know this huge band that never ended up happening but i still thought at the time that that was believed my, yeah my, my dream and um and i was just too too busy but i wish man i fucking love deftones damn deftones and my chem yeah holy shit wow yeah well, that would have been my chem's first album that would have been their first album holy shit yeah w- would that been a white pony the third deftones album i'm not sure white pony around the fur it might i want to say the third that that would have been it then yeah that's a fuck, and that's like the one that. Wow! Thanks, bro. Now I feel even. Be- I feel even better. Thanks for having me on your podcast, dude. <laughs> Keep you your razor you blades away from me, dude. You fucking did so much, though, man. You just, I know. Dude, I'm just Great, inc- incredible journey, man. With like barely making out of fucking high school. Yeah, you know what I mean. True. And just following your heart and your dreams. I'm gonna go to California. I'm gonna go to LA. I'll make this shit happen. You know what I mean? Working aardvarks and fucking Nana, and it's 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 crazy, man. Yeah, self-taught. You know, I'm very what I mean? grateful. Like, I'm very grateful for my life. I never forget about. It. I can't be, I can't be resentful and grateful at the same time. If I'm yeah. thinking about the shit that I didn't do, I'm not thinking about the shit I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So I, I always keep it with gratitude. I have to. I make a list every morning of all the shit that I just. I mean, I got healthy kids. I'm sober. I got a beautiful wife. I mean, I'm just like, I got. I'm filled with gratitude. You live in this shit. Yeah. I mean, one of my questions is, you're an optimist or pessimist, but you're totally. Super positive. I man. have to be. You always been like that? No. You've had your ups and downs. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so so when I say positive, we always talk about the definition of PMA from Napoleon Hill is that what the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. You've lived that way your whole life. Like you you put the shit out there, I'm gonna do this and you did it. Yeah. It's I mean so that, that, that to is me true. that's positive. That's just not being happy all the time. That's like it's your mind. You yeah, know, your manifesting focus. destiny is definitely yes. part of my life for sure. No matter yeah. no matter what I can say. It's just like I said, my my mind is 
defaulted to be negative to to kind of scan the world for what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. And but I have a like I talked about, I had a I have a regime that I do that keeps it positive because yeah. by the time I'm up and like walking around and I see my kids and I'm taking my daughter to school and I'm doing my shit, it's like I'm I'm good. It's only yeah. like the first, you know, maybe five minutes of the day that sometimes I'm questioning, you know, is this project going to work out? What's going to happen with, you know, is it going to all go to shit again? Blah, 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 blah. But then I just, you know, get in the shower and I'm up and I'm good. Yeah, I'm really going to dig into the cold shower yeah. thing because everybody's Do been it. talking. It's been Do around it. me so much. And we, you, we didn't get to answer early, but who is an artist you love to work with at this point that you didn't get to work with? That I haven't worked with yet? Yeah. Um, Deftones and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> 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 yeah. What about like a hip-hop artist? Is nobody like that besides Juice World? I don't know, man. I don't know. It'd be cool to see you do something like that, like some big rapper or something. Did you like hip hop yeah, at look, all? My my son loves Polo G. I, I don't oh know. yeah, my I son mean, likes him too. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, Travis I mean, Scott likes all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know what could happen. It's like there's so much kind of like this pop punk influence that's been happening in the last couple of years. And like the coming. emo rap vibes. Juice yeah. World was like that. Yeah, and and uh, Triple X, who passed away, my son yeah. liked him. Like the dark emo. Yeah. Blink One Eight Two. Yeah. X, Little Peep, and um, Little Juice Peep. World. All three of those, you know, were like they've influenced so many. Did you see that doc, Little Peep? I haven't seen it's it. It's heavy as fuck. Too. It's another one that's really heavy, man. Mm-hmm. He was he was like on the original emo pop yeah, punk hip hop vibe. You saw it? Yeah. That was sad too, though, man. Yeah. It was like ah, I don't know. Drugs again. again Drugs a lot are, of in the enablers, yeah. people around. That's what though, I'm saying, man. You know, that are just like pushing. I mean, they're just so young, and they barely have a career. You know, it's literally like up oh, a year gone. I it's know. Just like unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it's what, what, it's sad. Oh yeah, what was the one moment for you where you wanted to go sober? Was it something happened? Was your band on you to get sober, or what, anything? And you're like, what, like, what was it? I mean, it was like, it was a combination. We played the coconut teaser, and I was hanging from the rafters up above, like upside down, and I was so drunk, I slipped off, and I knocked myself out. I landed on my neck, and I just, oh, I, I like knocked fuck. myself out, and I was like, this, this could have been a quadriplegic moment, you know? Like, totally. I don't know if you've ever, you ever had any of those where you're just like, oh shit, probably shouldn't have done that. Right. Yeah. It was one of those moments, and then I got a DUI. And then I was dating this um this hippie girl from Ocean Beach that had never uh, cut her hair. She never shaved her legs. These people to brush her leg hair like a little like a little kitten. Like she didn't uh, shave anything. Didn't wow. Shave anything. She, and so I was dating her. Her name was Kimba. You know, like the Lion King. You know, like. Like Simba, Simba. She's so hairy. Like Zimba, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, Simba. And uh, wow, so you attracted the girls she, who hit me? Okay, yeah. I, well, I was drinking, so I, okay. had, I had a skewed perspective on everything. You know, this is why you shouldn't drink, kids. Um, you know, <laughs> and she, uh, so she broke up with me because of my, uh, wow, because of my drinking. So I, wow. I, lo- I lost her, and I'm like, it's time to get sober. <laughs> so the only thing you pretty much do now is caffeine. Um, I do a lot of caffeine. Yeah. I do. I probably should join some sort of caffeine anonymous program. But you've been on that your whole life, caffeine. No, no. I mean, okay. I had no interest. You know, before I was really? just, you know, until I got until I got sober. It's like that's what you do. I guess. Yeah. You know, I'll smoke a cigar once in a while. Nice. You know, but it's not like. It's not like right. a big thing. I don't yeah. need it. You know? No CBDs and shit like that. No, no CBDs. Like I feel like, you know, if I get, what if there's maybe too much of the D in the CBD and then I'm just <laughs> fucking, and then all of a sudden I'm thirsty. Where's the beer? You know, it's like, I just, I yeah. don't want to risk any of that shit. So it's still, it's still a challenge. It's not, not a challenge, but it's still something. 
I mean, I think about it once in a while, but I don't obsess on it. You know, yeah. like the obsession is gone for sure. Like I used to see a billboard for Corona and my mouth would water. I'd be like, ah, but Damn. now it's like, it's just, I, I just don't, I just know that it's going to end up like, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave you with one, one quick story. Like I was, Tell in, me, I man. was in, I was in, uh, Mexico with my, my roommates when I was living in San Diego and, uh, and, um, we were down in Tijuana and I was so drunk and we were drinking with this guy who called himself El Diablo, this local guy, right? But of course. I know. And, uh, and he was the local meth dealer. So we were doing meth and just, and drinking and, uh, and, and I ended up blacking out and then I woke up the next day back home in my apartment, you know, just like somehow got home. Oh, I have no idea how I made it, but my roommate wasn't there. And so what happened is he made it home four days later, half his body sunburned, just half his body in his underwear. And he <laughs> said, I just hitchhiked. I crawled underneath the border and hitchhiked back home. I went with what? El Diablo, kidnapped me, took my license, put a gun to my head, said, if you try and run, I know where you live. I'll come hunt you down and I'll kill you. So El Diablo kidnapped my roommate, took him to this little shanty town with all cardboard boxes outside of Tijuana and was just like, you're going to, um, I'm going to put you in the sex trade business and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get you addicted to heroin and I'm gonna put you in the sex trade business. And he's, he, we were, we were 16 at the time. seventeen, And, uh, and so he's locked in this room and he's fucking petrified. And, and then, so what he did is he said, this guy was blocking the door, this dude with a gun. And he just like checked when the sun was going down, he said, and he said, he opened the window, jumped out and just started running towards North because of the, where the sun was setting in the West, just ran North and just escaped under the border and somehow escaped. Guys never been the same ever. You know, he's like, of course he was, Fuck, he's a homeless homeless kid in 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 uh in Denver now. He's like, but it's crazy. Like that could have been me. Yeah. That could have been me, like Ew. on the streets of Tijuana, like just like um it could have been me. So I'm wow. I, I don't drink. I don't want to be that guy. Right. That is fucking insane. That is definitely a sobering story. Fuck man. Jesus. El Diablo. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <El Diablo. laughs> well, so so the, so the most recent thing was Apple song, right? That's that that char- that's doing really well too, right? Yeah, Bite Me's me? killing it. Yeah, Fuck. I think we're at like thirty million streams, maybe or something like that. Fuck. So it's killing it. And yeah. th- and so Travis, you worked with him for that too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Travis is uh, he's like my neighbor. So I mean, okay. I, I, whatever. I I mean, you know, there's not a better drummer in my nah, opinion. Dude. There's not a better drummer ever yeah. in the history of. I mean, it's like Bill Stevenson's amazing, but it's like Travis has like the Stuart Copeland aspect. He's got the Bill Stevenson. He's got all hip hop everything. Yeah, dude. he's got everything. He can you play know? everything. He's just the greatest, and uh, and so we do a lot of projects together. That's he's great, a legend. Man. I love that guy. Yeah. Well, fuck! I'm looking forward to seeing. We have we we have something coming out soon that we can hear. Or I mean, the Avril record's the next thing coming out. You know, yeah. So that's that's next month. Can't wait. Is you have any favorite records you ever produced? Um, I mean, the used Most record. Proud of. The used record definitely ch- changed my life. You know, that was yeah. the one that, that really. I mean, there's a there's a band called Foxy Shazam that I produced. That this I don't know if you ever saw them, but the singer would eat like he would light a pack of cigarettes and then eat them afterwards. He was the gnarliest, <laughs> oh, like the craziest singer of all time. And I made a really special record with them, but they were never meant to be. Like you know, sometimes you're meant, yeah. meant to happen. Sometimes it's not. yeah. There's probably ones you thought were going to go and didn't go and. Yeah, a band called City Sleeps. I thought was gonna was gonna make it, and this singer ended up beca- becoming a, you know, just he lost his mind. Damn. It's like it happens. It happens. A lot of creative people yeah. kind of like can't yeah. get it together. Like we talked about earlier. Like some people are great writers or great mm-hmm. performers, but they somehow can't get it together to just be a human. Yeah. Is yeah. there one that was a sleeper hit that didn't expect to do anything and it fucking did? Um. Yeah. Uh, 
All time low. Ooh, okay. I mean, all time low went gold on that album I did with them, and I, I, I just, I knew that they were like an under great underground like yeah, emo band. band, but I had no idea that it was going to be like it was a number one record in the UK. It was like this huge hit, and I just, wow. I, I just had no idea all time low was going, we're going to connect like that. Yeah, you know, and then they've become bigger since then. It's like they've just grown. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. And the, and the, do your kids want to do stuff in music? Uh, my daughter's kind of a singer, but she's. she's She's not, I mean, she knows she just doesn't have the, she's like into surf. She's super okay. mellow. She's not like yeah. driven to be that. And my son, like when we have, when we sing happy birthday, it's like, oh dude, don't, <laughs> don't sing happy birthday. He's got no musical okay. talents at all. He's, yeah. a, he's a gamer and he's like, he's really smart. He's like a, a brainiac kind of yeah. kid, but he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do music. Yeah. Well, fuck man. You have any more questions from my man right here? Uh, when corn came to you, did, <laughs> did they You're, already have uh, songs written? Ooh, um, they were just starting the the record, so we had. So that's the, so it, crazy. It, it Most nothing. artists you jump in when they have nothing. Yes. Damn. Yeah, it's wow. the best way. Clean okay. slate. Interesting. Clean slate's okay, the best way. Okay, I like way. that too. Yeah. Huh. You know what I mean? Because then you just like start. Like you can start with a riff. You can start with a but drum what's pattern. What's so great is that you with... play so many different instruments. Yeah. And you, and you had a band. You yeah. have a band. Yes. You know it's like and to be yes. in a band, right? Yeah. And you know all. Yeah. The, wow. I know the highs and lows. Don't of take it. a shower at Peabody's in, uh, Peabody's? in Cleveland. In Cleveland. Don't take a shower there, dude. That's where he's from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because you'll get you'll get a foot fungus for sure. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You could have told me that. He yeah, says yeah. That at the very end about Ohio. It's insane that you just pulled that out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, because you know all the ups and downs of having a career, the highs and the lows, everything, yeah. independent, yeah. major hits, no hits. You know what I mean? That's really good. You have, it's you have real life experience, especially working with the new young kids. It's awesome. Yeah, and I then love it. It, and you keep an ear to the street. What's happened? Like, who is that? Is it you listening to new stuff, or like do your kids show you stuff? Like, how do you know the young up and coming? Um, yeah, my daughter turns me on to like Surf Curse and Beach Bunny and these kind of new okay. like indie indie bands that I would have never have heard before. Yeah. You know? So yeah, be, I heard Beach Bunny and I hit up Goldie at Mom and Pop Records. I'm like, dude, I love this band. So I mean, I guess that 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 crossover yeah, yeah. happens. But for the most part, I mean, people are sending me. I have like a you know, it's a demo at JohnFeldman.com. Okay, okay. That's fucking you know? awesome. So man. you can just send me music. And all this, I listen to everything. Yeah, you know, cool. I just found I found this kid through Instagram. We're signing called Box Boy, who's this amazing kind of Machine Gun Kelly ish, but okay. it's like so. I guess it's sort of in that hip hop world of melody, you know. And he's rad. Have so, you worked with Machine Gun Kelly yet? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's awesome. He's he's, cool. he's really positive and he's really hardworking. Very meticulous. That guy. Okay. Like he he knows when it's like the, there are even things that my trained ear I can't even hear that he's like we have to fix this one word and go in there and he'll just he'll go until he feels like he's got the the feeling of the performance he wants. Yeah. Has Billy and Phineas inspired people just to try to record songs in their houses and bedrooms and not go to studios? Does that have any effect? I How mean, they made those songs. Like Probably, that? but but Phineas is so fucking talented. It's I like, know, dude. The, the guy's sounds are just um, uh, uh, amazing. What he does, you know, with just like the sound soundscape. You know, my daughter loves Billie Eilish. It's so crazy it's like, how big she is and how DIY it all kind of started. Maybe still, ha- I don't know if it happens anymore, but in the bedroom and just writing yeah. songs and recording, and it's such a different. I do wonder, I mean? like you know, for the future of new bands, like there aren't really 
bands anymore. Now it's like just artists. Right? Yeah. I mean, it is like, you know, just like Young Blood or Juice World or Machine Gun. Yeah. Kelly. It's like more artist driven, even though it sounds like a band sometimes. It's mm-hmm. more about the artist, you know. And so I do wonder if that kind of bedroom laptop scenario makes sense if you're only working with one person. Yeah. You know, because with a band, it's tough to have like five dudes, the producer and engineer. And, and it's, yeah. you know, you need a studio for that. And for us, we used to have sound scans. Now it's like streams. Yeah. I remember like turning in the sound scan sheets every Tuesday night to the label. You right. selling CDs on the road. It was all about the sound scan that we, but that doesn't really matter anymore, right? Sound I mean, not, I, sound scans still exist, but they take the metrics of how many streams they have and they yeah, put it to what that would be a value. Yeah, of, it's different now. Of the album, you know. It's remember how just, important that shit was a sound scan? Oh my God, dude. Just stressing about that and filling it out and turning it in hoping the label gets it before they're give you next week's sales or even giving a shit about that stuff what label was H2 on we did that on MCA we were on Epitaph 2 albums and then MCA and then Bridge 9 another independent okay we tried the major label thing didn't really work for us we tried it was fun took a challenge you know yeah yeah how was it working with Brett Brett was amazing Brecker was great um and then we had Matt Wallace for the Go record, who I love, Matt Wallace, producer. He had done Faith in the More replacements and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, replacements. Yeah. He did that at Pleased to Meet Me record, right? Yeah, and then he was about to like retire. Then all of a sudden, after us, he got Moon 5, and that changed his life. Yeah. It's pretty fucking crazy. But yeah, Brett Groot. Matt Wallace is a legend. Yeah. yeah. Brett Groot a great producer well, as well. Wrote, you know, we did songs with him, did one album with him. Yeah, he did that Let's Go, Rancid record. Ooh. I mean, I know he's in a lot of Rancid, but I mean. I'll come to Wolves, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. That was Jerry. Oh, Jerry, yeah, and him. Didn't he Jerry just, Finn did. Yeah, did Jerry Finn, the Wolves, rest in peace. He passed away, correct? He did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, man, fuck, man. <sighs> yeah, Jerry helped me a lot, man. Back in the day, I'd be, I'd always work, be working in some studio, and he'd be in, in the next room, and he'd lend me his Les Paul, or he'd lend me like a, wow. pre, a preamp or like a compressor, and I would just corner him at parties. I remember I cornered, cornered him at uh, Adrian from No Doubt's party one night, and I was just like, dude, what do you use as a bus compressor, and how do you, what are the settings, and show, show me a picture. Like, I just, I like, love how passionate you were in asking all questions, and you said you like always asking people and watching and learning stuff. It's great. Have to. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fuck. Any more questions for Mr. Feldy? I believe that's it. Let <laughs> <laughs> I me mean, go. Let me double check my notes with Feldy on here. Okay, yeah, no worries. Okay, good. I really appreciate you coming, man. It was awesome. Appreciate all you contributed to the world with your music, everything, man. Thank you. Great to have you here in my house. Thank you so much. And then Goldfinger, your last record came out 2020, right? Never Look Back? That's right. We, okay. did, a, we did a record last year. Last, I did that during the pandemic, yeah. Wow, okay. So you guys are still it's a fun tour. record. I, yeah. love, I love it. And it's so, so fun still making music. So, and you've been like the main songwriter throughout the whole career. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, I've definitely, I mean, Charlie's written a few, I mean, there's been a few, let's, let's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of the, no, I'm not going to say it, but yeah, I write, <laughs> I write, I write most of the songs. Yeah. You guys have eight albums, eight studio albums. Yes. Okay. I was looking at that because how long has Goldfinger been together? 94. Okay. We, we started in 94 too. And we only have seven albums, so it makes me feel good that I feel like I, I, we've been a lazy band and haven't produced enough music. But then I saw that you guys only have eight, so I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I don't feel so bad. Obviously, some seven inches or you know compilations we've been on, but that's a good. I like spreading it out, man. I like just you know having the gap in between the yeah. albums. Was it's that 27 was, years? We're 20, yeah, 26 years. Well, our first album came out in '96. And so, we, yeah, we, but we started first show was 94 in Queens, New York. Yeah. But I always feel like a lazy band because you have these bands on. They did like 20 albums already. And how many records separate have? I don't know. Uh, more, <laughs> like, like over, over 10? I don't know, 14. 14, 14 yeah. And how many have you been on? I don't know. 10? <laughs> I don't know. You've been on seven, at least nine. Seven, yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, and you joined the band after it's been around. I've been in the same yeah. fucking band. I have eight but albums. I, I think you just got to go with the four. Seven albums. You know, it's no, like I know. It bands, works. Yeah. Know, for us, it's. You know, they're consistently pushing you 
as far as labeling yourself, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, we got to get back on the road. Take, you know, two years to tour the world and then work on a new album. Yeah. I think as we get older, we're just taking our time with it. And you can't take it in your in you know, place. You can't no, do that. Because at a point, it's like, have to make a new record. Have yeah. to go on tour again. Got to make new merch. Got to But the, make I mean, more the money. world is so big now. I mean, it's yeah. opened up to so many more shows you can play. Yeah. So you can take your time to do a tour. You know, with us, we tour a lot of places that are completely obscure, like Mongolia or Kazakhstan. Yeah. Or, you know, like places Fuck. where people are like, are, they have shows there? Yeah. <laughs> just, but it, South you know, Africa, you went. South Africa, yeah. I mean, everywhere. Cuba. I mean, there's Cuba. There's so many places in the world now that's opened up to music because in breaking barriers, yeah. despite religion or whatever. And you just learn so much. So it's like, wow, let's take our time and do these places. And, 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 and it's we're very fortunate to have that uh, option. Yeah. Have you played anywhere? Have, was it a place you want to play? Have played yet? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Mongolia, dude. What the yeah. fuck is that about? <laughs> South oh, yeah, Africa, too. I'm yeah, down South for that. Africa, oh, for South sure. Africa Mongolia was like, crazy. Yeah. There are, I mean, all these places just kind of like talk to so many different artists. and They're like, fuck. You know, like, those are the places. I know, that, man. I want to go there. And those actually become, you know, you're just obsessed about it. you're doing research before you go there. Yeah. yeah. You're just like searching as much as you can before you get there. Like, I got to see this. I want to see this. Like, it was that way going to India. You know, I was like, oh, man, this is a dream come true. And then it was like, you know, culture shock when I got there. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah. And insignificant. That's where the know? cows are sacred, like, right? They yeah. walk around and shit. Oh, yeah. It's and awesome. on the plane, they're telling you like, oh, this place, this is a different India of the future. You don't see cows and elephants walking down the street. And then you do. <laughs> and then I was like, there's a fucking elephant coming down the street. Dang. I mean. It'd be nice to go there, too. No, it's it's incredible. But you just yeah. learn so much, you know. It, and, oh, man, it's such a joy and i miss that yeah with this whole pandemic you know i really start to miss i know i still see footage of bands that are playing and half, yeah. the, half the audience has masks on yeah no. it's like i don't want i don't want to do that i don't want to do that i want to hear yeah. i want to hear them i hear I that and we, I, I hear you i know we just we just played new york in october we had booked it two years ago for my 50th and i finally played it and there's this thing now where people they have tick obviously a year years passed so yeah. people's lives change but there's a thing happening now where people buy tickets and when it comes the day off they don't want to come but they want to support the band they don't even ask for a refund but there's a no-show thing happening yeah a big percentage yeah. happening on the tour so much is going on they're just like, i ah, know man it's a like, different time man. yeah i know Crazy yeah. world, man. I'm not ready. I'm ready for the. I want it to be back to normal yeah. before yeah. I play. Regular show. I feel like we're getting there, though. We're getting there. We Hopefully. Well, we, we, that's a whole other fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, Fairly, thanks for being here. I appreciate you, man. It was Thank awesome. You. And uh, thanks for your time and everything you contributed to the world. Yeah. E Block, thanks Absolutely. for being here. Word. That was amazing. Part two someday. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Let's go. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast please do that and whatever platform you are listening to this on i'm glad you found me you can rate me and review me on there also so thank you guys sincerely for the support i cannot wait for you guys to the next one